three, two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to season two. We finished season one quite recently, and like I promised you, season season one's here. And with season one, we're going to be doing something completely new. As you've noticed, it's not just the average my voice waking you up with an evening serenade, but it's my face as well. and with the premise set up behind you today we start season 2 episode 1 with a guest we have achintya venkatesh who is quick premise before i pull achintya into the podcast achintya and i went to school together but we became close after college um we went to school together and after college we started hanging out and because we were in the in in, our, in each other's vicinity and also a few shared habits so we were forced to meet meet each other and once we did we realized so i wouldn't like to say that we are friends who hang out every day talk every day but when we talk once or twice a week once in two weeks it literally feels like we left off yesterday and even though we've been on and off i mean i wouldn't say on and off even though we've never i would say hung out more than 10 hours together i mean more than 5 days together at a stretch but when we have conversations it literally feels like i'm talking to another side another person who could have been me had i gone through the life life choices they did so we're keeping that in mind welcome achintya to season 2 episode 1 of the anvay pramanik's early night show i'm really happy to have you here bro hey man anvay and uh, hey to everyone listening in on the audio waves it's awesome to be here and uh, you know before anything special credit to that whole brand of sacrifice in the back sets the mood keeps my mind you know stimulated and alive so absolutely uh, without giving any spoilers away achinta you want to explain in one sentence what that brand of sacrifice means to someone who has absolutely no fucking idea what we're talking about yeah so i mean uh, it's basically a sigil so a sigil is like a a symbol constructed out of a uh, what a better way to describe it is a sigil is a symbol of intent and this is a symbol of intent that draws in uh, both literal and platonic evil it also serves as a compass for evil if you get into where this is from so yeah <laughs> you know, that's, that's a good enough description i think definitely definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a, a symbol of intent which serves as a place for platonic i mean a literal and figurative evil yeah yeah fuck i love the way you put that so achintya i'm uh, for all the people who are listening in i'm going to refer to achintya as chintu from time to time cuz that's a sort of uh, yeah, pet yeah. name nemon nomenclature we have so in case you're wondering who the fuck why is he calling him chintu it's just a pet name um achintya you want to um take the next few minutes and just introduce yourself who you are i mean let me throw a few questions your way so i think it becomes easier for you oh absolutely um i would like you to basically say who you are introduce who you are first without bringing up any of i would like you to introduce who you are without mentioning your profession without mentioning your biological and your bio who you are biologically and without putting forward your opinions and your cultural interests so i would like you to explain yourself like that and then we will get into the nitty gritties of what you do for a living your your hobbies and things that you like doing don't like doing so let's do that sure well to begin with i think 
yeah it's going to be hard to not reference anything tangible i am not an abstract being so therefore i can't describe myself as just purely like it's an abstract floating field or something but yeah so i would say i like to look for the beauty and aesthetics in many things that is a very important facet of who i am even though i might not be the most beautiful person in the world myself trying uh, <laughs> um how else would i describe myself um i like to go deep into anything i foray into i don't think i know of any topic on a purely surface level apart from say you know the ongoings of the world which everyone should just know being there <laughs> so i don't think yeah i don't think i am uh, it's it's either all in or i really don't care about that so i'd say i'm a man of extremes yeah i would, i would say i'm hubristic in that way and yeah i mean the layer below this is when things will get tangible so i'll leave it to you now fuck yeah and to everyone who's tuned in who's asking you know wow that sounds so pretentious and stuff let me say something to you right now okay i mean why is it that i asked achinja this question i honestly feel that tomorrow i am a professional doing something day after tomorrow i could be something else mm-hmm. today i like i'm someone who believes he likes korean dramas day after tomorrow i could be someone who likes akira kurosawa's films today i could be someone who believes in himself to be the most um sexy man alive day after tomorrow i may get diabetes or i might like lose my hair or something and i f- stop seeing myself like that so i believe the reason i asked you that and to anyone who may be asking this question i don't i don't want to justify or clarify anything but i would i would like everyone to have a premise the reason i asked that question is because the reason i connect with achintya is not because of who he is physically yes of course that is his physical manifestation but who he is when it comes to him as a soul as a person right because that is what i connected to there are so many people who again not to put a comparative analysis or anything like that who may be doing 10x better than achintya in terms of career or in terms of professionalism in terms of anything else but i don't connect to any of those people the way i do to him because our souls don't connect in that way and when i say our souls connecting i mean to say for example when you when i start talking about something or when achintya starts talking about something even though we might not agree with it or that might not be our point of view like fuck that makes so much sense and like how achintya very rightly said he he defines himself in two ways he defines himself as someone who likes to see the altruistic beauty in everything and he likes to define himself as someone who explores forays very deeply very goes introspects very deeply into something so which is why i mean there's no way i could have asked him to start off with what you do for a living but now achintya i would like you to tell everyone people who may be tuning in who still live on a surface level and like guys tone it down a little bit what do you do for a living how do you spend your 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 uh, waking hours uh what are some rituals and habits you may have like tell me about everything you've been doing for the last one year in terms of your likes your dislikes your career your professionalism you mentioned your uh, getting beautiful day by day i'd like you to talk about that as well so just uh oh, okay. flows all yours okay awesome so i mean i'm not going to go too deep into this but uh, so basically i am a talent management professional so for leadership talent in it so i'm sure all of you all IT IDS is all around you so that's what i do for money uh while you i mind explaining for, that as if you were to a 5 year old i mean just uh, so that we to a 5 year old yeah so i handle the end to end the of any, any everything and anything concerning 
leadership talent like directors and vps like so basically it's their performance management uh, i keep a tab on what talent programs they're attending uh, we also do strategic talent reviews to gauge you know how what are the skills they have right now you know are they contemporary enough for a you know ever evolving sort of tech landscape because these people should know tech they can't just i mean it depends on the role again of course but uh, you can't afford to be behind the times you can't afford to be a purely managerial person like you know so uh, so that's pretty much what i do and obviously the ops surrounding it everyone can't escape operations you, you got to execute you yeah. can't just talk at high levels put out a nice manifesto and uh, call it a day so these are also so what i do also helps you know take nice and not so nice decisions like say promote someone or boot them out because they're simply not competitive enough and as you would know the corporate uh, any co- any sphere of, forget about corporate is cut throat in the sense that uh, as much as we like to imagine we live in a egalitarian world that has a place for everybody unless you carve out that place for yourself like a manji mutt you're not going to make it so you're not going to make it yeah that's pretty much it but uh, what i like about my job is it's flexy as hell uh i prior to all this whole pandemic yes i use that word pandemic i like that you, you can call me pretentious now if you like uh, <laughs> yeah before the whole pandemic uh, pandemic whatever you want to call it uh i was working from home so it allows me time to do my own thing uh so you know it's it's not like of course there are some days where you're really glued into your laptop and crunching away but it's not only that it's more like bursts of intense work and like you're sprinting yeah yeah exactly it's more sprinting not jogging and uh, my my previous role was sort of more jogging and i hate cardio i think anyone who knows me knows this <laughs> i'd rather just do some intense stuff for like a short about a time 15 minutes of ex- extreme lifting and 40 minutes of break after that as opposed to 30 <laughs> minutes of casual cardio so just, oh, just jogging jogging <laughs> yeah Man. i get that i yeah, get that yeah, yeah. that's so awesome that's yeah. are you at liberty to tell us where you work uh yeah i work at this uh, french it company called capgemini pretty sure you've seen the logos all over if you're in whitefield you've seen it yeah. ace of spades logo right yeah yeah mm-hmm. it's the ace yeah awesome so quick question i think i don't i think you you said it yourself that uh, even before we started that you don't want to explore this too for too deeply because we have so much like yeah, so yeah. much else to talk about but i'll ask you one quick question you mentioned two things uh which i found very interesting one is that um the freedom to be working from home which is i think something i am very envious of of you mm-hmm. because i wish my lifestyle was like that where i could work from home but then again advertising doesn't work yeah out. yeah you can't do it but at the same time i've realized that during this lockdown that it's possible to at least do two days maybe in a week work from home i mean this lockdown proved to everyone that if you've been making an excuse you can't work from home or your business can't operate from home it's proved everyone wrong yeah absolutely one of time so that's one thing <clears throat> second thing you mentioned which um, which i would like to bring up because i think a lot of our topics and discussions today are going to revolve around that and that is survival of the fittest or there can only be one like there can only be one ceo of amazon right you can't have every person who puts their resume forward get that job right because then yeah. it's not never going to happen life is meaningless without hierarchies how much ever people want to escape it life is meaningless without hierarchies and without a sense of competition if i may put yeah, it like yeah, that yeah yeah it's very interesting so to i would just like to keep these two things uh 
um, sort of uh, as a highlight because mm-hmm. I will bring these up later. The freedom that is the freedom of being able to work um, from home because I think in the office if you're spending eight hours, you might not be productive for the entire eight hours. Maybe for four hours, con- mm-hmm. completely productive, and you spend the rest four hours maybe browsing yeah, away, browsing, yeah. goofing off. Whereas spending four hours or one one hour or two hours, two hours of work at home and filling the rest of the day with your workout and your art. Yeah. Uh, for people who have joined in Achintya, again, I, he's going to explore this topic. He's, an, he's a budding artist. He's doing a fantastic job for himself, developing his own style with pen and ink. We'll explore that a little later. But I think it gives you space. So just keeping those two things in mind. Now I'd like you to tell us a little bit about um, some hobbies, behaviors, self-disciplines, mindsets that you've been getting into. Now, we're not going to touch any cultures, any like pop culture or anything, but just mm-hmm. uh things that you may have developed intrinsically from a mindset point of view, which has then helped you develop better lifestyle habits. Yeah. So to begin with, I think, you know, I I was obese at one point. So since you framed it in that manner, this is the first thing that came to my mind. So in today's world, people see food as fuel, energy, right? So, uh, and I, I would, I think I saw it as a little more than that. I considered it fuel and gift and the gift that never stops giving. <laughs> so so uh, the way I frame food now, for the most part, as you know, that lifestyle shift, otherwise I would have just, you know, ballooned and God knows where I'd be today. But the, the what I'm getting at is I now view food as a reward at the end of doing something significant or at least having waited some period. So I'm sure most people or a lot of people have heard of time-restricted eating and whatnot. So the way at least food has been framed now in my life is that I achieve certain tasks. I wait a certain time at the very least. And uh, the food at the very end is obviously both nutrition and it's also reward. It's It's a, I love food. It's a way for me to kick back and truly bask in the flavors and whatnot. And somehow when I start eating food, I lose the, let's say, the agency or drive to truly get real shit done afterwards. Because it's there on its relaxed mode. So that's how I frame food. So yeah, what I'm getting at is probably it's a long-winded way of saying time-restricted eating. I don't force fasting these days, but like if I'm busy, it, it just don't doesn't strike me to eat. And I don't eat breakfast, needless to say. So that's one. Um, Otherwise, in terms of a habit or a pattern, so again, I don't see this as, I did see it as going to the gym and working out for fitness and lose weight. But now the way I see lifting is, uh, I haven't played any major sports since 10th grade. Since 10th grade? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I haven't, like, you know, like a lot of people still meet up, play football or basketball. What What was your sport back then? B-ball? Yeah, b-ball, if, if at all. But I'm sure people who know me from then were like, ah, that wasn't your sport either. So, <laughs> so I get but what yeah. You're yeah, so so now I see powerlifting as that sport. It's fun, except you're just competing with yourself. You're not playing with anybody else unless, you know, a fellow lifter around. My coach is probably the only fellow lifter, my sensei, as I call him. So, yeah, I would say that's one, another. Uh, those are the two that really come to mind. Otherwise, uh, I had a, I had a huge lull in doing art. I think in my uh, between like say 2012 to 15 ish, two to 16 even. So that's almost like four years. 
and I completely disconnected with that side of me for that period but you know I was doing other stuff as you and I know we were both writing at that time yeah uh, music about music and what not so it's not like the, there's no hobby but I was just disconnected with that but then in, again in 2016 I resurrected this and since then of course it's uh, I've made it a point to do one major piece periodically or do a bunch of small pieces every now and then so yeah I, I, having said this over to you in terms of what do you want to reflect on in regards to say patterns or habits mm. <clears throat> i'm going to i will i will uh, answer you but before that i have two questions to ask because i think mm-hmm. i found them very interesting um this is where we are going to start going red pill already okay i don't want to okay. wait any more before we go red pill food mm-hmm. and our relationships with food i think this is a very important conversation we should be having mm-hmm. i don't think we have it enough i don't think we have it we know enough to have these conversations enough is what i honestly yeah. feel mm-hmm. uh in the sense i'll tell you um so this is where so i will give a little bit of 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 of, of the why so that you connect with it a little strongly so that mm-hmm. it's not just a statement that i'm making but quite like yourself i've also been fat as a kid i'm pretty sure you remember you might not remember but i was slightly chubbier a little no, bigger no i remember very clearly you do right <laughs> you do so that's even better now primarily because i would say it's because again i love my parents i think everybody uh, who knows me personally knows that while i may not see them as the best mom and dad mm-hmm. i definitely love them as human beings because they raised me they took me from they they raised me right whatever i am today is very very heavily dependent on who what they did to raise me from a good and bad point of view yeah. the good and the bad is is a, is is a by product of what they did so the good i'm not going to talk about simply because i think 99% of the things are good like how i talk who i am how i deal with people it's a good stuff but i'm going to talk about the bad things so one of the things that my mom instilled in me is having bread and jam for breakfast every day just oh. a strict no no you mm-hmm. i saw your reaction already right you know where it's coming to yeah, yeah. having white bread and uh, kisan jam every day for like 5 years so uh-huh. i didn't eat my breakfast most of the time my mom would give it my friends would have it i would eat their breakfast but that was something that i used to get and the second thing is having a heavy lunch and curry diet for a good 19 years of my 18 17 years of my life mm-hmm. um so those two things i developed at home i mean at home i don't you, i i can't fucking tell my mom make me cauliflower flower rice like fuck off who the fuck what are you asking kellogs <laughs> similarly nor can i tell my mom i need like sausages and bacon for for breakfast now on the other hand my diet is something that is heavily derived by how i'm feeling so if i'm bloated i know what to eat if i'm not bloated i know yeah. what to eat yeah um if i need energy i know what to eat if i need carbs to fill myself at the end of heavy working i know what to eat mm-hmm. right so i'm very mindful but at the same time i'm not that is not to say i'm a healthy eater i eat fucking crazy junk i eat a lot of junk food yeah i'm yeah. not going to take that away <clears throat> but now now that i've set this premise i'm going to ask you two questions you mentioned uh, you don't eat breakfast a lot of people that i know a lot of uh, lot of the narratives that exist in culture today is that breakfast is the most essential meal of the day yeah what are your thoughts on that i'd like you to completely deep dive deep dive into it because i know you have a lot to share here i would like you to deep dive into it and the second thing i would sure. like you to talk about is um or rather let's just start with the breakfast one cool so at the very outset i'd like to say that anyone who isn't 12% 8 to 12% body fat aka super lean 
for males and about like say 88% body fat for women okay lean can see abs if you if you can't see your abs yet i don't think you need breakfast why do i say that it's because that time when you wake up your body is just activated your metabolism is more is is like slightly up now since you're awake obviously that just time you just a quick quick cue uh, does this work even if i have a non circadian rhythm like i wake up at night and sleep all day or is it only are you specifically talking about people who have the normal sleeping habit of sleeping at night and waking up yeah assuming you have normal sleeping got habits it. got it okay yeah. but i will preface what you asked as well later on uh, actually let's just set the templates regardless of when you sleep it depends on the hours you sleep so whenever you get up let's say that time as soon as you get up uh, bombarding yourself with extraneous calories when you do have internal body fat which is what is body fat it's energy that's stored right and you already have that to burn i don't think there's a there's a there's a pressing need at that point to already introduce extraneous nutrition and energy now you might feel good that way you might feel like a crackhead who has an addis crack in the morning you know that's essentially what cereals are yeah <laughs> absolutely i totally agree with you yeah. exactly what your complex is yep yeah. so uh so and yeah that's one that's in terms of you don't need that pressing calories at that point in fact i would say so go so far as to say because i've experimented with long term fasting there are people who have done way more than me uh, you can look it up online you can do your own research about it that the human body does not you know the number one fear that a lot of gym bros and you know other people have is like oh my muscle is going to break down uh no i think our human body is a little smarter than that it's protein sparing as long as you have fat to burn cuz what is protein sparing that means it will not eat up your body's protein you won't eat up your lean lean tissue basically so uh i don't think your body is going to just break down and be like hey let's sap some muscle right. another quick cue before you continue yeah. does this uh when you're talking about fat being burnt are you talking about a certain type of fat because i know that when a fat is stored like i i know in my body i have cellulite storage in a few places mm-hmm. which does not burn as quickly so do you want to yeah. maybe touch base on that or is that a separate topic in itself yeah that's a separate topic in terms of of prioritization okay okay let's But, get to that uh, later then yeah no no i'm talking about in terms of how the body prioritizes you burning that fat oh, okay. there are various facts and i don't think I, you need to even go to that level to understand what i'm saying because okay. it's obviously the it's uh, the most readily available fat that isn't the most uh, you know uh, for lack of a better word internally stored you know it's it's the fat it's the fat that is most recent most soft less is going to be burnt off and number 2 is I, i think a lot of people also have the i mean this is i think most people have debunked this now that you can reduce fat from a certain area by doing a certain practice that's not the case your body decides when and where and how it will get let go of that stored energy and number 2 is and let's go back to our evolution it's simply not possible at that that those times you would get up and have food readily available you would have to go hunt and forage for a certain amount of time let us hypothetically say that you get food by lunch and that's on a good day right until then you would have maybe max eaten some marrow bones that you had stored underground or something you know for a bad day some bad it's unlikely it's 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 also unlikely because that's that's that's, that's like the food of the gods they're going to preserve it for a really bad day so what i'm saying is you got to go out and get your food right during evolution 
hunting and whatever little fruits you could forage fruits are not the way they are now i mean yeah. like they were not the, the way they are now back then much so, seedier much smaller much seedier much smaller and so it's, it's it's not even a fallback food so to speak so you got to go hunt so it takes time and you got to clean the uh, divide the animal up between the tribe before okay. that you would have strategized with your your gang of men how do we do this how do we you know, split the shares yeah how how do yeah how do we get the yeah more about the tactics to how do you kill this big big ass mammoth not whatever animal it is whichever ruminant animal it is you are hunting so the point being is you would have gone for a, at least a minimum amount of time burning your own body fat without extraneous nutrition now you get up and it's there yeah it's 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 just not it, i think it it's pretty obvious what the deduction from this is you're not giving your body time to burn its internal fat simple and having excess body fat see i'm not claiming to be ripped i'm still about 19% no 20% body fat or so that's cuz i eat a ton of calories and i you know i want to be strong as opposed to being ripped but again that's not an excuse but i'm saying the point is uh you don't need nutrition as soon as you get up it's about as simple as that and give some time to your body to do some spring cleaning however short that period is just leave understood. it alone understood yeah. and i and i 100% agree with you on that because i've realized on days when i eat breakfast i am much more groggy and slow and out of focus yeah. and my brain feels more glassy uh, yeah. foggy not brain glassy fog, yeah. brain fog and stuff like that and yeah. i feel like a lot of my energy go is going in the digestion process yeah yeah supposed to the energy that i need to work um but i have another question for you right what happens to me if i don't i don't i am not a big breakfast guy but i have realized that i get gassy if i don't put something in my stomach so what okay. is the solution for that like in the morning i don't want to eat anything because i know it that does me no good maybe i can have two apples two slices of apples or something yeah. like that and that i've realized it cuts down how gassy i feel and when i get gassy my stomach bloats up and i become very groggy throughout the day okay but okay okay so so do you maybe have an answer to this or would you recommend this is something i should be talking to with my dietitian because i've realized that even if i eat even if i take a green apple cut it up the night before and have like even two slivers of it in the morning the gas doesn't form i'm not bloated because i'm not eating okay. like a idli or like a kellogs or something like that i've eaten just two slivers of of apple and maybe like maybe a sausage or something like that right mm-hmm. it fills me up i don't get gassy i feel energized okay at the same time i don't feel bloated so i've realized both like when mm-hmm. i eat a very heavy breakfast i'm fucked like eight idlis i'm fucked mm-hmm. but if i have two idlis maybe a sausage and a sliver of pineapple and an apple i'm good i don't get gassy and then i don't feel like having lunch and i can have like a 4 o'clock 5 o'clock right. early dinner late like a one meal a day kind of a thing at that point of time and i end my night and my day with that okay so what i've realized is if i do the because i have usually one meal a day and if i realize if i skip that breakfast in the morning i get really gassy towards the end of the day and then i don't feel hungry anymore because my stomach's full of gas so do you think it might be to do with i have indigestion or do you think it has to do with everyone's gut is different and uh, yeah and how do you mean gassy you're burping a lot or are you being flat no no, no no burp no acidity nothing it's just my stomach's bloated i know it's gassy okay okay like no i don't have acidity no acid yeah. reflux okay this is not med advice so go to a gastroenterologist or something but uh, i would say there's something up with your gut the gut bacteria that 
are there right now. The, 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 the diversity of that gut bacteria in conjunction with each other is somehow causing you to bloat without food. I don't see how that's happening, and which is what you might need to explore further with like an actual gastro, even though gastros themselves, by the way, a ton of stuff is mystery. Like how our gut bacteria composition is formed and uh, the, the real, real finer nuances of it are still a mystery, but you might want to just uh, check, out your gut health. You check out your gut health. And in the meanwhile, you can proactively eat gut enriching foods like a full fat dairy of any side, any type or, uh, you know, like uh, I wouldn't go, go out of the limb and proactively suggest fermented foods, but yeah, that can help. There's that misconception that fermented foods proactively help your gut, but it's just that it's easier for your, for your body to process fermented foods rather than doing the fermentation itself. Because, see, physiologically, as much as this is like, you know, this is a red flag of a topic for most people <laughs> in the nutrition community, but uh, physiologically, we're not good fermenters, despite what, you know, people tell you to eat lots of fiber and uh, shift towards like a plant-based diet and whatnot, but we're not good fermenters. Our physiology is simply not meant to ferment in large quantities, unlike our ruminant herbivore friends or even uh, closer to the, closer to us genetically gorillas. They can ferment yeah. much better than we Yeah, can. yeah, yeah. So that's why they're herbivores, primarily herbivores, but from the odd insect or two. We are simply not, which is why... So bloating is nothing more than a sign for your body that do it stop because you're not able to ferment that food. I don't, I, I, you seldom hear people getting fermented on, oh bro, I ate 12 eggs, I'm bloated. I don't think that's ever been said. Hmm. So then probably I need to get a test of my colon and my gut and see what's yeah. happening. Could I have a leaky colon also, right? Yeah. Leaky yeah. gut. Yeah. And meanwhile, you know, you eat curd. This and that, those really probiotic dairies. Mm. I've noticed that dairy screws with me more than anything else because I get very phlegmy. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, that can be a reaction for people. But uh, hence, I was telling you to go towards the full fat ones. Oh, okay. That's the orange lactose. ones. Mm. lactose. So uh, just eat fatty stuff from that cow. But oh, yeah, you can you can do your own research in terms of what can be possibly good for your gut. But about more than that, I would say try some long-term fasting. It can it's it acts as spring cleaning for your body, to say the least. Uh, there's a process called autophagy that happens, wherein uh, your body, because it's not being bogged down by you know the metabolic obligation of like processing external, mm -hmm. uh, it gets to that a phase of autophagy beyond a point, and it. And what it does is it's, yeah, like I said, spring cleaning kills your dead cells. You uh, poop out poop that's stuck there. You know, you think you'd think that you're not eating foods. You want poop, but you very much poop even say three days into fast. So that's something to consider. So that's all the stuff that's basically stuck in my intestines and my colon, etc. that I'm uh, getting rid of while I fast. Think we lost you, Achintya. Ah, I'm back. That just froze for a second, yeah. Yeah, it's showing my I think my net just died for like half a second. Ah, okay. <clears throat> cool. I thought you were so enraptured, like enraptured by what I was saying. I was like, <laughs> 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 this guy. Oh 
now i see your okay now I, that was a that was a fucking insane conversation to have because i don't think a lot of people will talk about things like that like i'll tell you something right like when i see again i've realized that there was there used to be a point of time in my life where i used to go and tell everyone don't do this don't do that but now it's more of like telling mm-hmm. myself lead by example or just do it for yourself people will do what they have to you know yeah yeah so i see a lot of people who who are like you know there's this uh, big theory right that the food we eat is what's literally oxidizing us and killing us yeah yeah so the more you eat the more rice you eat the more biryanis you eat the more you're oxidizing yourself and reducing mm-hmm. your lifespan at the end of the day so it's very rare that you get to have these conversations with people and i'm glad yeah. that we could touch base on this one yeah yeah really for sure you'll bring it up so now again i'm going to ask you another question uh, your diet let's talk a little bit about paleo diet and maybe ketogenic diet a little bit Mm-hmm. Uh, without getting into the science of it just your experiences with it what you have what have you felt what amongst you what do you see as a gimmick what do you see as something okay. that really works uh, how much do you believe that there is no one diet for all what are your thoughts on that yeah so um my background on this is that uh, i was in i was diagnosed as being insulin resistant as a kid so that in very dummy dummy terms it's basically a pre diabetic almost so you're heading there or you know so uh, so therefore uh, a low carb low carbohydrate lifestyle is like not a choice for me i got to do it if i have to maintain any semblance of like uh, physical and mental health so that's one it's these labels i think that are more gimmicky than anything again you don't have to look at the diet as a dogma or an ideology at that point it's like uh, we're missing the point what are we trying to achieve with this we're trying to achieve an optimal existence uh, eat enjoy without bloating up or having some severe reaction or becoming a total fat ass or whatever so uh, you got to just look back again at evolution what was the impetus for the human human races evolution how did we get here is probably the question we should be asking uh, uh what made our brains expand so it's the precursor of humans uh the, the moment they started fashioning sharp precursor humans are we still talking about uh, homo sapiens or are we going no we're talking about one step below so this would be homo erectus maybe yeah erectus yeah when erectus started yeah erectus now i was thinking habilis in my mind for some reason but yeah erectus um the moment they start fashioning sharp weapons it's it's it, you get access to a whole another set of macronutrients itself so you, you hunt ruminant animal that ruminant animal itself can feed you for like months on end uh and uh, first of all that ruminant protein itself is has a specific like you know it's it's it has a good ratio of fat and protein and that cholesterol from the fat literally fueled our brains it's it's very clearly tracked you can track this through anthropology and what not that are uh our dental profiles changed uh, the, the 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 strength of it changed our brains expanded so and number 2 is our stomach shrunk oh which is a you know it, because it's a more uh, nutrient dense food for less quantity ah okay okay makes a lot you know? of sense mm. yeah yeah so uh what i'm probably getting at is uh our ancestors knew it our evolving ancestors knew it that a uh, big ass mammoth is preferable to small as deer s- small as fruits and nuts and that which are yeah. just not you're not able to get it in as gigantic quantities as you would today thanks to the 
curse and blessing that is monocrop agriculture <laughs> yeah so in terms of that so therefore because of this evolutionary precedent that set we were an animal based species despite what revisionists want to say uh there on protein and fat are more bioavailable to your body animal foods meaning uh it's it's about as simple as you are made of this flesh and blood so flesh and blood is more easily absorbable by you than something that's made of a completely different biological structure yes and you can you can derive nutrients from that fallback food as it was for our ancestors which are various plants no denying that we've always been an omnivorous species or let's call us rather an opportunistic species dude that's if, the best word yeah if caveman had twinkies they'd be eating some candy bars and shit i'm not yep. saying that there was some great diet orthorexic people they ate what they had <laughs> now we have so had. much that we don't we have to be selective of what we have yeah but old programming new world but uh, it's not like our bodies have changed with the advent of agriculture the advent of agriculture the neolithic agricultural revolution is not too far back man it's like oh, 150000 years yeah so i mean it, it that's not simply not enough for evolution to t- take place So, there hasn't been that much significant change in our look, biochemistry since it's then. about as simple as and i i'm speaking from first hand experience if humans were meant to be a plant based species we wouldn't have diabetes you know because if we could eat endless amounts of grains which in turn get converted to glucose in our bloodstream and be all peace we'd I'm fine with that, but we can't. We can't. No, shouldn't. We can't eat that much bread. <laughs> yeah, I'd be happy with that, man. We can. I, I'd just keep eating potatoes and becoming jacked. But unfortunately, that's not what happens. Potatoes and rice and beans. Oh, beans yeah. also not that much. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so what, you need to figure out what your body can absorb, and and that's where people have different. Uh, I mean, the baseline is that you know we absorb animal foods the best. I would say. and 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 yeah i'd like to end this by saying fiber is not an essential nutrient that's very interesting yeah it's very interesting it's usually the the exact opposite of what you hear in conversations where people immediately pull out a label out of their purse saying i'm a this keto eater or i'm a intermittent faster or i'm a one meal a day eater i think is you you hit the nail on the head dude like Food, only now has food become a ritual where you have to eat lunch and dinner back yeah. in the days it was like you're hungry we're all hungry we have this we have to go hunt we'll go hunt the men will go out they'll come back or whoever the men and the women will go out they'll hunt they'll come back they'll put it all together 6 o'clock or whatever sun goes down when the first jujus come out in the sky we'll all eat together that's about right? it that's how it was i i remember this uh, reading this uh, this quote by i think a red like a native american guy who said that spend the entire uh, days uh, spend the entire day where the women takes care of the uh, takes care of the land and the men go out and harvest the land spend the entire evening coming together having sex eating food partying dancing to the gods and it's only a white man who could come and tell us they have a better way of life <laughs> <laughs> i remember reading this yeah, yeah. it really really hit me like because i honestly believe that that's what we are missing as a species like how you said no that same uh, what is that same engineer uh, same engineering new new environment right I mean the environment. It's like this, dude. It's like I'm looking outside my window right now. There are 37 floors, three apartments plus per floor, 90 floors per building, and there are two buildings. 180 flats here with yeah. maybe 180 times four people in it. That's around 
350 people out of these 350 people i'm probably met connected to maybe two people mm-hmm. <clears throat> so while we are all in the same environment we're that much disconnected whereas back in the days even if five cavemen lived together i'm not sure i can't really speak for social dynamics or cultural dynamics back then but i'm guessing that they would value the company of another human being much more back then you know like spending the evening in the company of the community everyone there's this uh, saying it's an african saying i think an old zulu saying or something like that okay wherein they say that it's not the role of a mother and father to raise a child but the entire society's role i mean the cult the community's yeah, yeah. role to raise a child and i very strongly believe in that you know i mean uh i think more than our, the reason that we all stop giving a fuck about our, in even in louis ck there was this one quote that louis ck's wife or that wife actor who brings up she says your kids don't need a father they need a role model yeah yeah right and i very strongly believe in that as well that you know like it's only maybe till when we're 11 12 that we need a parent after that we just need role models to pursue off of that's what i i very strongly believe mm-hmm. again 11 keeping in mind that in today's world 11 13 is seen as the initiation ceremony you become a young adult back yeah. in the days i'm pretty sure it started much earlier like if you've read about sparta i've read i've read about spartan societies when they're six they start training the kids by throwing spears at them clubs at them fathers would beat their children up if you're not good enough fuck off you go away from my home go live in the forest if you're not strong enough the wolves will eat you up yeah yeah right yeah while of course yeah we are not in that society anymore and for obvious reasons mm-hmm. at the same time we cannot forget the fact that we are just as strong as those men maybe our nails are less strong and our gums are less strong and maybe our eyesight is less uh less powerful now but apart from that a majority of the things that we could do we can still do back now if we go out and attune our our bodies to that kind of conducive yeah. environment like it's because you and i live in these uh 4 by 4 concrete walls surrounded by the same oxygen being recycled over and over and over again that we have become so tame and timid and it's like any point yeah. of time you want if i want to fap or if i want to feel like i'm a man who can have sex with women i can pull out porn if i'm not getting with yeah. any woman same with food if i don't have to i don't have to hunt i can just open up swiggy and fucking order in so i think like i think that as important as it is to have um have an epicurean lifestyle you know where i open my eyes and i have everything that i need like dude in my apartment downstairs there's a big basket fridge with munchies <laughs> can you imagine being me taking a bong hit at night it's 2 am in the morning i've got the munchies and i have the option of going down and there's a big basket fridge with anything that i want to buy <laughs> snickers juice but that bread. is awfully convenient though damn it's fucking off like think about <laughs> it right like i get snickers mars cadbury fuse like uh, two kinds of hershey's milkshake i get uh, nutties all of that in one fridge right yeah and um, so i believe that as important as it is to surround yourself with the best luxuries it's also that important to self discipline yourself by like doing like how i do it for myself is i go on a pilgrimage like i'll go to gokarna for a week and i will not eat anything there i will live on the ground i'll live on the soil i'll take a shit in the sand i'll clean my house with beach water so that when i come back i tell myself dude now i know why i have these things at home yeah now i know why i keep swiggy on my phone it's so that i have the convenience of it but i don't take it for granted anymore so i'm glad we could have this conversation because it's very important right like th- there's a stoic there's a stoic saying right that every nation starts off stoic and then it ends up devolving in its most epicurean form yeah and i think we are as a society in our most epicurean uh, form right now you know we are the most indulgent Mm-hmm. right now it's interesting you mentioned those checks so 
I like to conceptualize it in the way that you need to put yourself through self-constructed organized ordeal. It's very easy to be soft and opulence kills agency. And, and it's the easier choice, man. Even I want to just chill out. <laughs> just be like, uh, just be, you know. <laughs> But, uh, you can't. You yeah, can't you, afford to. You can't. No, number one, you'll get to you after a point. Number two is you need to, because we live in this as perfect as the world has ever been so far, you need that organized ordeal. You need to put self-checks and challenges. So when the real shit hits the fan, you don't suffer too much. you're not a softy yeah yeah you need to force yourself through your own suffering your choice of suffering yeah exactly yeah i think for you be that is yeah be uncomfortable and i think for you that is your diet choices despite you loving food oh yeah man and your the way that you limit yourself to make sure that you produce art and the way you tell yourself i need to live yeah yeah absolutely interesting now if you remember the conversation we were having about vagabond just before starting about how vagabond is about we want to escape from reality but vagabond yeah. is like you can't like if you're a samurai and you're in the middle of japan and you have 40 monks looking for you with spears you can either tell i'm going to hide and close my eyes and the world is going to solve itself or you could fucking like put yourself calm down sharpen your sword with a whetstone and yeah. go and fucking kill those monks one by one that is literally vagabond right like that there's one chapter yeah. like that which you which you might connect to very strongly as well so um so it's so fucking yeah. awesome that yeah the thing is we live in a world where see those people uh, fictional or historical they didn't have a choice but to be tough now being tough and tactical is is a choice we consciously take it up and i think that the fact that being tough fit mentally strong etc etc whatever insert self improvement keyword here <laughs> uh, the fact that we have a choice itself reflects on what a comfortable world we are in right yep yep and i mean it's just us saying we're comfortable there are people from other walks of life who probably disagree or rather have a different but uh, yeah from where we are standing we have to make that choice correct yeah it's like uh, there's dude i don't know if you've heard of him jack donovan he says that uh, masculinity is now an option in this world before it wasn't an option the you have to guard your perimeter but now you have specific groups of men who are chosen to guard your perimeter we have cops soldiers they are living out those masculine Archetypes. values uh, whatever the the actions you've chosen them he's like you be masculine it doesn't mean that anve pramanik has to be a commando level fitness now right so higher security guards with that level of fitness yeah. yeah exactly so it's been outsourced masculinity has been outsourced and i mean tactical masculinity I'm... yeah i agree with you yeah even uh, yeah fuck dude i totally agree with you i think masculinity has been uh, for men men have outsourced masculinity and i think women have adopted adopted a very poisonous masculinity what i feel or at least they have been yeah. uh, imposed like they have been exposed to toxic masculinity all this while so that when they when they adopt masculinity right they have become you know like challenging it's always toxic so that's something that yeah, i yeah in, in in a sense it's like in their pursuit for emancipation uh somehow it's it would become even more male centric the definition of what emancipation is because uh whatever is considered emancipation is just becoming more like a man rather than living living it out 
as a more free spirit etc etc to put it very simply as a woman so the the definition of freedom or emancipation or whatever just living your life is also pretty masculine if you think about it correct like let me just say quote an example of say uh, you know women having as prolific corporate careers as men correct correct that's fine have it i mean i'm, I'm not going to stop you or some shit uh, i have better things to do but you are still defining it by the framework of a man is what Understood. i'm saying it's not feminism you know i got it so basically yeah. you're saying that uh you're saying that um men women exist so far freedom has always been seen as something men do yeah, men yeah. have the right and they are not pursuing their freedom but they are pursuing of the freedom that we pursue in our lives yeah yeah exactly ah wow, that's a fucking brilliant insight they're trying to pursue their freedom the way that we would as part of our sexuality which is why there is a sort of conflict happening yeah and then there's yeah then there's societal and obviously self cognitive dissonance It's like why do you feel bad doing one action whereas vis-a-vis a man be like yeah you know so hmm very interesting it's a fucking brilliant thought and you know like uh, it's a brilliant thought i mean i don't know if if i want to if i want us to have a very strong gender discussion in the first podcast yeah, yeah. itself <laughs> but i know that for a fact that you what i would like to probably do is as part of season 2 i would like like one of the things that i've decided already is that all the 25 people who i'm going to interview for this we're going to have a 25 men 26 people zoom podcast where all of us will mm. come in and we'll have like that you know, sounds like good a, yeah yeah like a like a like a mun kind of thing you know like we have a topic yeah, yeah. come say what you have to say speak your mind you have 2 minutes of your opening statements and then you know when we all have to speak we can all speak and have like a brilliant zoom discussion so yeah. this is where i want to have mun men. though man <laughs> not mun i want to i want to have it will be on my pramanik's early night only but yeah i want to have that yeah, men yeah. and women i want us to have a discussion about sexuality spirituality mm-hmm. pursuit of uh, career what it means to be a man what it means to be a woman in today's society etc i think it's very important conversations to have and i feel like there are not enough men and women having it openly with each other it's it's not it's no longer we are having a conversation we are always having a debate Yeah, it's a yeah. problem so i i would like to solve that i would like to you know yeah and it's a good thing you mentioned that everything i've said so far listen guys i'm not trying to convince you yeah it's it's, it's our stories it's our life yeah. anecdote it's what it's what works for achintya what works for me yeah. at the end of the day and i totally agree with you now i'm going to jump my pull my conversation into i think we've spoken about your career we've so we're still exploring what you've been doing for the one last one year etc mm-hmm. you've spoken about your career we've spoken about your philosophies now i want to talk about extrinsic things things outside of our minds and bodies that we've yeah. fallen in love with including you know books movies culture pop culture philosophies i see you wearing a gogets t-shirt right now for <laughs> for people yeah. who don't know gogets i mean how would you like how would you like how would you like to define yeah gogets is that pleiadian science Yeah, man. Uh, no, Pleiadians. it's uh, it's the this thing, colored sands. Colored sands, colored sands. Correct, correct. They have a song called Pleiadian something. No, first Pleiadian dust. Yeah, Pleiadian dust. That's the one. Yeah. So, are you are you into the Pleiadian, Andromedan, alien, seven helix DNA? Uh, yeah, no, I mean not Pleiadian in specific. I would say, but yeah, you know, ancient aliens and the implications of civilizational cycles. Yeah, yeah, I'm all about that. Fuck. Amazing. So I'm pretty sure that that conversation is going to come up as well. But yeah. before that, I want us to, I want you to quickly, I want us to quickly, just not quickly. I want us to take the time and just touch base on things that we like talking about, we like hearing about. Now again, um, 
um, you had asked me a while back to talk about the things that I've been doing in the last one year. I would not like this podcast to be about myself, which is why I've not brought it up yet. But if you still want, yeah. I can maybe in quick just tell you what I've been up to. Mm-hmm. Even though I don't want it to be about myself, so that's completely up to you. Do you want me to take two minutes and do it, or you want me to? Yeah, just go ahead, man. Absolutely. Okay, so I think um, this lockdown has been amazing for me because uh, I've been at home, I've been by myself, I've been in my own thoughts, and I've really needed that. Um, I'm someone who likes to be by myself. I'm someone who loves as much as people. You know, Achintya, you've seen the parties I've hosted. You know how good I am with yeah. people. But at the same time, I am someone who is extremely introverted. Mm-hmm. in the sense given a choice i would like to spend the rest of my life in one bedroom by myself not going out not meeting anyone <laughs> if given the choice mm-hmm. but obviously i don't have the <laughs> the liberty of doing that <laughs> like how we were talking about right we can't we, we have to go out and meet and do and get a job and not mm-hmm. escape from things so yeah so that's that's who i am i'm not someone who i'm i'm someone who likes isolation likes quiet um likes things to move at a glacier space um like to invest myself wholly into the things that i want to invest myself in never do anything half assedly and something that i very strongly believe in is i've used the last lockdown to co- embrace my truth and mm-hmm. that's something if you've noticed on my instagram also it's my first line we are defined by our truth and when i say our truth i don't mean to say uh, things like oh i like having sex and i like doing that but when i say our truths means what drives me like you know for a long time i didn't start a podcast because i was telling because i was Hundred percent sure that I was trying to build a podcast because I wanted to impress women. Hmm. I mean, it's not a bad side aspiration, but yeah, it is not the primary motive. It's not the primary motive I wanted to have because the moment I'm not getting likes from women, I stop recording. Yeah. Yeah. So I use this lockdown to tell myself why the fuck do I want to do a podcast? What's the thing? And the whole thing is, I want this podcast to be a place where I can get the freedom to pursue things that I want to. Like tomorrow, if I if say for example tomorrow I want to interview uh, Lamb of God, mm-hmm. Mark Morton's on YouTube, and I'm like I want to fucking interview Mark Morton and Willie Adler. Yeah. Chuma for the fuck of it, I want to use this podcast to interview them. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I want this podcast to become a, a place where I can make a living of my own. I can make my own money, mm-hmm. right? So I've been realizing, you know, like that that financial it freedom is my is the one thing that I've realized in the last one year that I want to pursue my my life is defined by the freedom that I have, freedom to think my own thoughts, freedom to pursue what I want to pursue at any given point of time, the freedom to choose what I want to pursue, the freedom to choose what commitments I want to make. Mm-hmm. That is the life I want to have. So I wanted to, yeah. Again, right now I'm still, it's still sandcastles in the air where I'm saying I want to use this podcast to build a free life, but I've kind of got a vision now where I've realized, you know, that I want to have a hundred episodes ready so I can start monetizing this podcast. Maybe get a sponsor, maybe get someone to fund me, even if it's very bare minimum. Mm-hmm. I want to use this podcast for that, and I want to use the people who come on this podcast. Like, say for example, I know something that going forward at any point of time you will be a recurring guest on my podcast. Mm-hmm. you you know that for a fact as well like say for example yeah. like i said i'm going to interview lamb of god when i interview lamb of god you can be rest assured you're going to be one of those people <laughs> interviewing lamb of god with me even though you might yeah. not be a big metalcore fan or a big fan of lamb of god per se mm-hmm. but the conversations we can have with randy blythe randall blythe and that whole check republic imprisonment there's so much yeah. we can talk about mm-hmm. so you know for a fact that you would be part of that similarly say day after tomorrow i want to go and interview sebastian vettel in germany i want to use this podcast as a medium to be able to do that Yeah, fucking go to Germany, interview Vettel, and come back. Or say I'm telling myself I want to be in Germany or in Europe for six months, and in those six months I do whatever the fuck I interview. Uh, 
ocean collective i interview all the metal artists musicians yeah. tattoo artists everyone so that's what i've used this last one year kind of to tell myself that number one i think you you also commented on this that i don't want to spend my energy on too many things only one or two things which is my fucking yeah. day job Absolutely. my this podcast my gaming and my irc to an extent those are the only four things i spend my energy on right now everything else is insignificant similarly at the same time now i'm now i'm not stitching sand castles in the air anymore every time when i'm like yeah this podcast will make me rich i'm like how will it make me rich what am i going to do to make myself rich mm-hmm. so that's what i've been doing for the last one year achintya i'm not going to say in the last one year i've built a skill i mean i have my ceo is amazing human being he's taught like from a mental point of view i've like dude i'm as part of my organization i'm a college dropout even till like 4 years ago all my colleagues were like dude you will never be a manager you're not a corporate guy but now i am leading a team of maybe 25 people giving creative direction yeah, pitching to clients mm-hmm. like leading a team leading management processes and stuff like that i never imagined i would be doing that so that's the mental and physical growth mental growth that's happened physical that growth that's happened is remember i started talking about food i'm like much more yeah. in tune with what i'm eating and the kind of um productive things that i've been having is this podcast where 25 episodes are done you know it one season's done and now i'm starting season 2 so mm-hmm. that's the other thing and the third thing is um i've kind of reduced how much i'm force feeding myself any other form of content like the last tv show i saw was anime with Pers- vikings which is a rerun of vikings which i saw two months back i okay. but i stopped end of season 2 i stopped i'm like this is when it's becoming hollywood now fuck mm-hmm. it i don't want to watch anymore So that's one thing that I have I've started doing that's what I've used the last one year for and it and seems say, that uh for you you, you seem to exp- uh, like associate I would say the recurring pattern I'm seeing is self expression is freedom so and I mean this is a little great platform for that absolutely dude yeah. absolutely like I I told you right before this like when you're in a corporate like if you've seen how I'm with people right I'm very huggy even though yeah. I tell my I'm a, extra introvert you've seen how i am right i can yeah, yeah. i shake hands i'm at a party with women bawling i can't do that in a corporate sphere mm-hmm. so at work i have to act like a cuck yeah, yeah, yeah. a cuck and i hate it i don't like that so what i've started doing now is um like with my guy friends at work i still i talk to them hey what's up asshole wanka how are you that's how i talk to them obviously not my boss and my ceo with them it's more like macha but with my colleagues i can but with women i don't usually do that because you know you never know how it will come to bite you back in the ass even though they are my colleagues and the same thing my ceo has also told me dude you're a smart fucker i see you as someone who might be running one organization for me some day so you're a smart fucker i'll tell you don't let anyone take a chance of fucking around mm-hmm. with you so even when i'm like hitting on mac like just yesterday i was in the in the elevator and i was i was walking and coming um there was a lady much older to me walking in front of me and she was wearing a see through yellow kurta and i could see her fucking black okay. bra <laughs> right okay nice tits nice black bra she's wearing and she's like slightly <laughs> old like early 40s i would say very pretty though very fucking pretty though okay so uh, like imagine monica bellucci but a little bit indian i think that's a little more than just very little pretty the face <laughs> not the body the face okay just the face yeah but right? still yeah that's very still, pretty looking yeah. lady right so i enter the lift and i want to talk to her i want to probably like um, better you know for all you know <laughs> <laughs> so i start talking to her and uh, such a random way we start talking i tell her like i just make up some shit i'm like do you have pigeons coming into your balcony and shitting all over the place initially she doesn't react to me okay i don't have pigeons in my balcony just a random story i started i'm like i just i just reacted to her and uh, she she reacted she's like oh i didn't want to talk so i looked away you know like when people don't react to me i usually just look away but she starts talking 
Oh. She starts talking to me, and when me and her have a conversation where I'm, it became a little intimate, okay. But then I'm like, no, no, I've got to go right now, and I leave. So I realized that uh, that if I when I was in Goa, like with the women that I was meeting over there, I was fucking all out, like fucking all out, like hitting, spanking, holding waist. With this lady, I was so restricted, right? Like I'm like, I can't do anything because it's my flatmate's sister who owns this flat, and if they get a call, it might look badly on him. things like mm-hmm. that you know like lot of thoughts in the back of my head so like how you rightly mentioned achintya for me freedom is self expression to be myself to speak my mind to be to be like how i want to be just because i want to be that that is for me freedom yeah right like 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 at home i never like to wear clothes i don't like wearing clothes at home i think clothes are is an aberration to human living again yes of course you need clothes to survive in the wild etc but clothes multiple ways it works it, it's an egotistic thing and it's a very disconnecting thing connect disconnects you from the body disconnects you from yeah. your physical appearances and stuff like that lots of like that's another podcast we and you are going to have on that okay the whole aliens and stuff like that will happen there but um what i've realized is that uh, self expression and how you very rightly put it that freedom and self expression is very important to me and i think that's what the entire last one year has been all about yeah. like yeah. figuring out what it is that i want to talk about what it is that i like to talk about what it is that Like remember when I when this conversation started, I asked you, "Can you explain yourself without any labels?" So if yeah. I have to explain myself without any labels, I'm someone who likes to explore my own mysteries as much as I like to explore the mysteries of another person. Ah, and that's through nice their mysteries, that. I like to learn about the world. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Like if you've noticed in the entire conversation you and I have been having, I never said, "Can you cite that source or say that?" I'm like, you tell me what's on your mind. Yeah, I think um, I told you before this. We asked me to cite my source. I want to say my source is two fifty kg deadlift. Take it or leave it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you you want to like quickly just tell us what your workout routine is like? How often? What do you lift? Oh, okay. So, uh, so wait. Let me give you like a brief history and see. Tell you how it evolves. Do take uh, your time. This podcast yeah. is all ours. We can take our time. Yeah, yeah. no one. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So when I first started working out, it was just. you know as you would imagine just cardio uh jog 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 bore time bore. when was this time frame if you could give us like a 2013 end onwards oh that's 8 years yeah. ago yeah yeah so uh yeah like 7 years ago more like but uh, yeah so it just started with you know hey what do i do gym teacher and you know he give me some noob advice same noob. sensei yeah same sensei hmm. but treating me like a noob which he shouldn't have he should have started making me lift weights earlier Uh, so yeah, then I was lost for a while and all that. Then you know, as you you would when you're doing research on the net, come across Reddit, whatnot. I came across strong lifts five by five. So strong lifts five by five is basically this routine where you work out three times a week. Uh, you do mainly the uh, compound big exercises. So they center around the squat, the bench press, and the deadlift, and you know ancillary things alongside that. so and you basically for those big lifts you do five uh, reps into five sets after the warm up set that is so that used to be my philosophy for the longest time and then i was like coach what the hell i found this uh, why didn't you ever tell me he's like oh you want to lift oh, like, okay. <laughs> so he didn't know you wanted to lift so far yeah i mean i anyway i, I lost a bunch of fat by then and all that and um, Yeah, and then I started structuring this around five by five when I was in Manipal and whatnot, lifting seriously. And then when I came here, I had access to a lot of calories, and so that's when I had. I'd say my peak strength was somewhere somewhere around 2018 end, 
uh, where I went up to like about 280 kg deadlift and uh, 180 kg squat and whatnot. So now it primarily revolves, again, the philosophy is the same. It revolves around the three big lifts and all the answer lifts. Your deadlift, are, bench press and squat. Squat, yeah. Uh, so if I'm doing deadlift, I'm doing other back stuff on that same day. And similarly, if I'm doing bench press, I'm doing other chest things on the same day. And if I'm doing squats, I ask. so I'm, I'm, I'm a weird person who doesn't train just legs, like you could keep doing legs. I, I, I do heavy ass squats and beyond that, I don't do anything. If you want big calves, you got to do a little more. I don't care. <laughs> uh, I'm okay with my quads. Uh, and yeah. And how, so, how, how impactful is it in building a good ass also? Squats, weight squats. It's the best thing you can do. Jeez, is that how all these Instagram models get those big bumps? They have very, very intricately woven like days. Squat would be again, but the squat would be at the base of it, even for them. Even for Insta thoughts, they'd be doing squats and they go on to do other, you Insta know, thoughts. <laughs> dude, they all have these booty programs, right? Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. All of them have a booty program, yeah. exactly. I'm like, dude, anyone Google be like, I want to build big booty, what to do? But they all have booty programs. I don't know. I don't know if you're into uh, big women. I mean, yeah, I'm into women. So <laughs> big and nice, yeah, I'm into them as well. <laughs> <laughs> so there, I'm just going to quickly share my screen. This is a lady who I've been following. She's like a, have you, uh, you've not watched Vikings, right? I have, man. I've seen it all, in fact. Yeah. You know, Lagartha. Yeah. Yeah. So imagine if there was a Lagartha who lifted big. Yeah. Yeah. Catherine Winnick herself is a specimen. Yeah, dude, she is. Miss Mia Fit. Yeah. This lady is like next level. Man. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, she's built, bro. I mean, uh, in, in, in a good way. Very strong, okay? She does like big yeah, yeah. Like. Uh, yeah, you can see the quad development. A lot of these Insta thoughts, uh, they have like uh, big booties and thin legs. That's what yeah. you know. And she's a stunner, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. If you're if you're a man who says I'm a brahmachari, <laughs> and she sits across <laughs> across from you, and I mean, she's married, but she she sits across from you in a cafe in in Gokarna. <laughs> well. And what I like about this lady, she never hides her stretch marks. Yeah, yeah. So that's something I really respect. Yeah, yeah, she looks she looks like more like a serious lifter than just you know. Yeah. Please subscribe to my OnlyFans. <laughs> so yeah, like I think I think uh, uh, I mean both of us are um, men with deep passionate passionate interests for people of the other sex. I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to sugarcoat this. So <laughs> yeah, of course. Again, I, I don't know how much you'd like to talk about this, but uh, I would like you to maybe just hear your thoughts on relationships and men and love and lust and sex and fucking and women and men and monogamy, polyamory in today's society. Oh. And what are your, your, your views a lot to go through, man. Uh, you can pick and choose. You can pick and choose what you want to talk about, what you want to talk, what you don't want to talk about. But I would like well, to hear your thoughts on these. Give me a lead on something you want to hear specifically about. Then I'm Fair. sure it's going to go into other realms anyway. So I'll tell you what my thought is. Yeah. I believe that exclusivity is, it's 
it's like this right i believe in a society to be able to drive a car is not a privilege but a, a right that is earned mm-hmm. similarly i believe in relationships exclusivity is not a privilege but it's a right that's earned right right that's something i strongly believe okay and it works both not just with me but also with the woman i very strong i tell every woman that i date or take out that you need to you need to be like fucking meeting 50 60 guys who are like 100 times better than me and then tell me that i still want to be with you as opposed to being just stuck with me and similarly i tell the woman the same thing like at any given point of time the reason i'm not in a relationship with anyone right now because i've honestly not met a woman who can keep up with me mm-hmm. in terms of how dynamic i am again it's yeah. not to say that there are not women out there it's just i have not probably met them yeah, yeah, or i've yeah. not dated enough but i've met i've dated only dated only two women both of them were white white women i, I don't know why which is why i love goa so much who i <laughs> really who could live up who could whose chemistry i did connect with very strongly in the sense that i tell myself even if i don't meet another woman she's the only one i need to meet because mm-hmm. i think this is something you would agree on again i'm not trying to show off or like gloat or anything like that i believe that i don't have really intense knowledge in one thing but i have small small knowledge in a lot of things mm-hmm. so when i'm pursuing anime i'm looking at anime from a psychology point of view or an yeah, art yeah. point of view or a cultural contextual point of view similarly when i'm watching a movie i'm looking at it from a psychology point of view character development how this would be in a real life home situation things like yeah. that similarly when i'm probably looking at a video game i'm thinking how would it have been if i was a king back then making city 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 planning decisions do i build a granary or do i build a sewage system mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right so <clears throat> uh and that's also something that i believe is a true mark of today's expertise wherein you take two things that you're very good in and you merge them together and you make your course yeah, out niche, of that yeah. your niche out of that so for me i would say one is behavioral psychology because i'm really good at understand not really good at understanding my own behavior but when i introspect on certain patterns that i have i like wait a second i have this pattern yeah and i like to and i kind of easily notice notice this pattern in people around me as well again not in a judgy or in a pointing fingers point of way but i'm like hey dude i used to do that you know fucking so much and you know how i stopped doing that like this if you think you mm-hmm. want to stop you can also do that that's how i am mm-hmm. so for me in relationships um again this comes back to that self expression thing right like i honestly believe that I'd, i have not met enough women to tell myself i found the one yeah yeah that's fair so that is where i come from so i'm not for me it's not a matter of uh, attachment i don't believe that i i'm not attached to women or i'm not mm-hmm. needy or stuff like that for me it's just, it's simple i've not experienced enough to make a call that you're the one i want to be with Yeah. Back in the days back when it was fucking medieval times I would probably live only up till 24 years old that's why I would get married at 17 with one woman who I've been with all my life and I will spend next 3 years of my married life with yeah. her after that she'll become a widow I'll die in battle then she'll go and live in the church or she'll die a early death because of childbirth or something So I honestly believe that marriages and relationships as they are dictated today are very uh, draconian and they need to evolve Yeah see So that's that's what point. I would like to hand it over yeah. to you now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, that was a trigger. So I had to begin. So yeah, the, in the sense you mentioned draconian, in the sense that you get your government involved in the legalities of your obligation to each other. Yes, absolutely moronic. I do not subscribe to that. Uh, so I think any view or inspection of say being exclusive, being monogamous, and whatnot should be. assessed in the context of the values you share with that individual and i mean values not friggin interests and oh with with similar number one similarity is not a good thing 
you want polarity you, you want, want polarity contrast. exactly you, the whole the dynamics between men and women thrive on tension yep tension and chemistry built yeah, on that tension is, yeah yeah which is no chemistry is a result of that polarity or tension so which is why men are so deadly scared of you know the rejection scenario of whatever because it's somehow a reflection on themselves right uh so anyway that i'm going on into another tangent no you so can, point, can build yeah, build yeah. context the way yeah. you want it to is your yeah, space yeah. now yeah so having said that so again so let's focus on polarity you need to have polarity with each other but if you want to go monogamous you need to agree on certain core values and and at that point is the only point you're going to be like you know me and her agree on such and such such things it's not like i don't think monogamy should be defined by how similar you are to that person or or like say hey uh, this is a chick i can prepared with and talk about berserk with or something that shouldn't be your criteria that's a bad idea you you want a you want a mate a wife not a bro yeah no bros for that <laughs> yeah yeah so that's my take on the whole monogamy thing now in terms of moral relativism is that better than this it's about as simple as there are more men today who survive enough in order to be able to procreate back in the day you and me may may have been killed and the third guy would have survived to marry some some woman and have a kid now we are surviving and therefore it's simply a matter of numbers at that point each male needs each person in the village needs to be happy yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then, therefore please try restrict restricting the one yeah but as history and uh, the present the present day itself dictates it's, it's entirely contingent on where you are in the hierarchy uh what are your resources how do how are you tactically viewed by women uh and how do you view them i like that there on of course that the if you're not an every man the rules change for you if you're not an every man that is yep so i totally get what you're saying so i have no moral stance on this and it's like if you can do it yeah you're going to do it you're a man Yeah. <laughs> want variety you want yeah. uh, novelty we love novelty in every way yeah yeah so it's like ranveer singh said in an interview once with i think aib i think ranveer singh or ranveer kapoor yeah. who's a savariya guy ranveer kapoor right i'm pretty sure you wouldn't know hindi malum nagi yeah it's ranveer kapoor rishi kapoor son so i remember yeah. watching in an interview where he said since eight standard he's never been single ah it's because he's fucking ranbir kapoor yeah, right? ranbir kapoor so that's what you you said that very nicely and i and i and i would like to bring a little bit of for, for all the fans who are watching uh chintu and i are i wouldn't say we are practitioners of but we are very well versed or very in, acquainted with the idea of game and real social dynamics and sexual dynamics in public i'd say you're a practitioner i've just used it to my advantage in scenarios where i could yeah. it stopped it stopped i'm i i should be getting laid a lot more i'm no. not and that's also another thing that fucks with my head but yeah we'll get to that um <laughs> so uh, in game one of the key topics they talk about is the sexual marketplace Mm-hmm. right you can either be in denial yeah, of yeah, the sexual yeah. marketplace or you can accept yeah there is a sexual marketplace men and women have scorecards the better you are the better you get scored and the better you fucking sleep yeah. on 
right Pretty so much. it's like how you mentioned right there are what makes a good date a good date it's not how good the guys look or how well their chemistry is it's how good the logistics of that date are yeah yeah absolutely you can take the same two people put them in a situation where the logistic is absolutely conducive to them when i say logistics are conducive i mean to say that things go well from a to b from b to c from c to z from c to the it's gone well same two people you take them put them in a situation where they have a five star hotel goa etc but logistics don't match it will mm-hmm. fucking not work out right it's like yeah. how you very rightly mentioned so the point that you said no achintya where you said that uh, you shouldn't uh, you shouldn't marry a girl just because you're bros with her you're absolutely fucking correct you're marrying someone because mm-hmm. of the domestic capability domestic compatibility the sexual compatibility spiritual compatibility physical yeah. compatibility everything you need to you need to test out compatibilities on so many levels uh, this is where i have a i have a theory and might be a little too red pill for a lot of people i believe that for men and women today you will not it's very difficult to find one partner who can fulfill all of these four things to full compatibility yeah 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 right like you might not you might find a woman who is a brilliant spiritual satisfier she satisfy you spiritually in the sense when you are with one another you know that you've met a spiritual counterpart the way you look at the world the way your philosophies are you know one you might be someone who's absolutely uh against hoarding you might be mm-hmm. very minimalistic in your way of living this lady might not be minimalistic but she's against wastage mm-hmm. very different philosophies but there is a congruency right mm-hmm. as opposed to you being someone who likes to live minimalistic and she is a hoarder and you're screwed yeah right yeah. then she's going to every time you go shopping she's like i need new china and new glasses you know like bitch we have so many at home <laughs> right? yeah, yeah so so yeah that's that's one thing that i've realized so my theory is that um in today's world especially with the amount of choice we have again i'm not look, i don't look at choice in a bad way i look at it in a good way yeah, i think it's Yeah I think and plus with the fact that longevity life spans have increased so much I could go yeah. well into my 60s living in home not having to worry about anything I think that it is when I said draconian yes I meant it in government involvement and I also I meant it in the sense that the dynamics of relationships are defined by the way dynamics used to exist back then husband wife new pitchels uh, like like you shame your wife if she thinks lustful of other men you shame your husband or you break up with yeah. him if he thinks things like that right I think that needs to evolve I think that needs to change. I don't have an answer as of right now, but the one answer that I have, or which I tell everyone, is don't marry the first person you fuck. Yeah, that's the only answer I have. Never marry the first person you fuck. Uh, I told that to my dad once, and he kind of like lost it at me because I think that's what happened between him and my mom. <laughs> so uh, that's my very strong belief on relationships and love. I believe, like I, I've done two podcasts on this in season one. It's called "Come On, Baby, Light My Fire," where I say, yeah. yeah. that i love women today even though they're not my girlfriend i have the same feeling of love towards them even if they come into my life i know i can have sex with them and it'll still be that same amazing sex where i'm not going to be attached and be like whoa how many other guys you're fucking i'm going to be like when was the last time you had sex what was the something the guy did that you really like tell me i'll do the same thing to you yeah. that's how i am right so that's how i see love relationships and life and i think that's why i find it very difficult to gel with women in average society but when i'm in living in like goa or something like that i connect with women much strongly over there because i think they also come with a mindset like that so it's also the setting right it's the setting yeah you can serenade a woman the setting is you can't serenade her so i don't know peak traffic or something like that it's the, it's the environment it's the environment sets half the mood so it does i don't really it is your your job of course 
Yeah, it's my birthday next month. Let's have a party at my place. Let's do some crazy shit. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's do that indeed. <laughs> Tell your girlfriend, uh, baby, just for one day. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm not exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I think um, we have so far discussed um, our philosophies and things that are intrinsic to us. Now I would like to take the topic to things that are extrinsic outside us. Things we like to read, like to talk about, like to watch. and i think one thing that we have built the tension on for so long is oh yeah the brand of sacrifice brand of sacrifice um i don't want to give a monologue i would like you to introduce berserk i would like so i would like you to achintya i would like you to introduce our audience today who joined us to berserk without giving every i would i would like i wouldn't like you to give away any spoilers i'd like you to build theme talk about the background of it if you want you can open up the wiki and build a little mm-hmm. context for yourself I would like you to talk about the um significance of Berserk just for people who have joined in I will just give a little bit Berserk was released in 97 it's still incomplete and people today are still vying as hardcore fans of the series there are people who have been who have been born and died in the time since it started so yeah, that's ridiculous that's ridiculous first right? manga 1989 1989 right uh-huh. so that's the prototype right berserk prototype yeah yeah the prototype right so So Ajinthi I would like you to use the next uh, 10 15 minutes to just establish berserk mm-hmm. build it like I would like you to completely build it if you want you can show the context like I would like you to tell everything that you have that you know about berserk and I would like you to also use that to build a sort of con- uh, contrast to the kind of comics and culture that exists with DC and Marvel yeah yeah if that makes so, any sense yeah sure so uh without any spoilers obviously uh, <laughs> So, you will get a brand of sacrifice if you yeah, give yeah. any spoilers today <laughs> yeah so on surface when you especially when you first start reading berserk uh it comes across as this typical 90s edge lord anti hero uh type of setting you know it's like a it's like a punisher in the medieval times except uh that said punisher is hunting down demons and it's like he's like a mean content uh, all that uh, but the way berserk this this is they show you this 90s edge lord anti hero and it's like why but why is he so mean spirited so there is a character this uh, this is not a spoiler it, it, yeah i think you can give away names and everything elf yeah so puck puck is an elf who uh, our protagonist guts meets very early on in the story and elves are empaths meaning they sense the shift in emotions and what not and and obviously it's also meta textual in the sense that Uh, Puck is asking us the very same question: Why is this dude such a cunt? And that's the setup. And you know, from the very beginning, you see it's a very grim, dark, very dirty medieval Europe. There's plague everywhere. There's a bunch of uh, super orthodox Christians. I mean, they're never called Christians, by yeah. the way. The thing. Holy See, yeah. euphemism. The Holy um, See, yeah, the Holy See, yeah, that's what they call. There's Christianity and mainstream religions aren't mentioned by name, but it's pretty obvious that that is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the why, the setup of the why, is you're reading this like oh cool, nice uh, violence, uh, monsters, this that, but when you get to the why, and that's when it goes all medieval for the most part, the golden age. Uh, which is one gigantic flashback, so to speak. Uh, that's when it's purely medieval. Uh, it's very grounded in, you know, the history of, say, Western Central Europe, the settings, 
and whatnot. And then you are given background of this guy who goes from mercenary band to mercenary band. And at the very beginning of the golden age itself, I you want to just quickly tell us like how mercenary bands operated at that point of time. Yeah, yeah. So I would like you to build a little cultural context also. Yeah, like yeah, how it yeah. Works. So in this specific context, yeah, uh, mercenary bands are obviously forte. They don't have loyalties to a specific kingdom and whatnot. Who gives them gold is who they fight for, and therefore it's a ad hoc job each time. Uh, obviously, there are mercenary bands that congregate together and form a reputation for themselves as a hey, you know, like self-branding essentially. That hey, we're here to kill uh, and fight, but. Yeah. Otherwise, they're not loyal, and they work for money. They don't have any allegiance to a specific kingdom or royal house and whatnot. So our protagonist Guts is one such mercenary. And uh, what I was going to say is, from the very beginning of that golden age arc, they set the completely existential nature of this manga beyond the you know 90s edge lord intro they gave us. You know, the black swordsman arc is pretty edge lordy if you think about it. It's it's like medieval Punisher. It is, yeah. But, uh, uh once you get to Medieval the why daredevil almost you could yeah. say daredevil punishment. once you get to the why uh, again this is not really doesn't qualify as a spoiler so basically guts is born under a corpse of a woman who is hanged as a heretic a whole bunch of them hanged from trees so it's from that very so berserk is a manga that deals a ton with symbolism and existentialism and what not so that very birth the act of coming of life coming out from something that's already dead in itself sets him up in a sense to be that eternal struggler who's defying so called fate or causality uh because how can active death give birth to active life right correct you know life fucking a woman hanging from a tree give yeah, birth yeah. to a fetus and he's still all good and uh, and i think it sets up the theme of him fighting from birth itself even in that fragile form he's like screw you i'm going to make it yeah so my umbilical cord's not cut off but i'm still going to make it yeah yeah i'm going to make it so and it, yeah and it's also that symbolism of the fact that he's always on the cusp between life and death and you know if if you get deeper into the lore you know about the interstices which is where the astral and the the three dimensional worlds overlap and he, it looks like he's been in between those worlds since like you know he was born so yeah is that a good context and so anyway uh there on its spoilers i think <laughs> i think i think we can introduce griffith and uh, yeah yeah camaraderie of the show itself yeah yeah so uh one of the yeah like so like we were talking about before one of the recurring tropes of berserk is uh, people's dreams and aspirations and how that affects their world view their modus operandi in life and so how it changes them as a person yeah 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 and uh, what are the coping mechanisms they have in order to achieve that said dream or their idea of it so anyway uh, guts up protagonist joins this band of the hawk after this whole uh, show of his skills they watch from far like hey i want him and uh, this guy griffith who i just mentioned uh he eventually his band catch up to guts who is just minding his own business poor guy and <laughs> Uh, and yeah so they start harassing him you know on horseback and what not and yeah he just obliterates all of them and then of course griffith has to intervene and the first time you see griffith i think it's it, it, it's a they always set him up as this uh, 
angelic figure he's a bit he's very androgynous he's a pretty man he's a genuinely beautiful man let me and, share my screen i want to show yeah. people griffith and thoughts yeah um miss mia fit is back <laughs> oh dude she's so pretty i can't take my eyes off her um <laughs> there he is which image would you like me to open up this one i think that second one portrays it pretty well yeah this is this is as good as well even though this isn't miura art per se yeah this isn't miura art yeah, but yeah, it's, it's proper go like it's colored miura art you could say yeah 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 and he always has these very uh, again sorry to interrupt you it's very krishna esque right flowing hairs yeah yeah cat meditative eyes kind of elven features little androgynous you know not not um, he doesn't look masculine for sure yeah he's a woman either so uh, because a lot of men in the show say right whenever they see griffith they are attracted they have to like look at him yeah and it's not in a sexual way it's like oh my god what a picturesque knight yeah you know that's one of the words described so yeah and he's the leader of this uh, band of the hawk which is what this golden age arc uh, revolves around and griffith eventually of course without any spoilers turns out is the main antagonist of the series and the way the the way miura always portrays him in it's, it's an inversion of the usual he, hero archetype versus you know villain villain ugly hero handsome uh, i think that's a very easy binary to fall into but they always show him as like an angel of light of sorts but uh, we shouldn't forget who's the angel of light lucifer the angel of light is in fact satan masquerading as an angel so yeah I, and i think he plays into that a lot and whereas guts is your every man he is not tied to any ideology or, or any dogma he, his is just pure force of will and i think that's why berserk gets very existentialist very nietzsche ish yeah uh, very nietzsche ish yeah mm. yeah because uh, griffith is a person who's given again no spoilers but given into fate or causality he's let that dictate the course of his existence but guts despite having no specific superpowers or anything like any of your regular shonen manga uh it's just him it's just sheer grit he's lifting that gigantic 250 kg sword all the time and uh, it's just that sheer stubbornness to survive that you know i i don't care how crappy a person i am or whatever my flaws are but dying would be in turn mean that evil wins so uh, as nietzsche calls it will to power oh is that a is yeah, that will a to power. Yeah. oh interesting yeah, that's yeah so you see so, he's the epitome of that will to power that agency that you have on your own devoid of any extraneous cheats or magic or god or whatever so you could say guts is life yeah guts is that agency in man i would say guts is that agency in man hmm i like that i like that guts guts is you could say instinct right the yeah. the the so primal yeah the the primal he is the primal yeah, that yeah, we yeah. all have correct yeah, yeah and griffith is more like an extension of the facetious side that we like to show people exactly yeah and of course one of the big themes like we were talking before was that griffith uh, does not address his his issues he copes with them casts them aside internalizes them they might be eating away at this at his subconscious but it is always this facade of you know i have everything together yeah i'm this pretty all knowing uh, 
night. Uh, I, my dream is like sacrosanct. Mm, he's like I, a like a Mr. Perfectionist for whom everything falls apart. Yeah, yeah. One day, and he realizes, oh my god! Yeah. And guts is someone who's never tried to create that facetiousness. So he's like, whatever, man. I'm all of this. Yeah, guts is more like a person. I mean, you don't want to be like any other protagonist. Like, hey, man, I want to be this guy. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be guts. It's a god awful, miserable existence. Yeah, it's But miserable. Again, it's 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 inspiring in the sense that. do regardless like if if i lose if i give up forget about losing and winning if i give up it's the bad side wins yeah and that's a betrayal to yourself that's all it is yeah so perseverance is probably the underlying you know, thing that he embodies correct i think correct i think it's like this no it's like you don't work out today you let the laziness win Yeah, yeah. Now you could choose to be like Griff Guts telling yourself, "Hey man, tomorrow I will fucking fight the beast of darkness and not let him win over me." Yeah. Or you can be Griffith like it's all fine. I'm all good. Nothing's happened. It's all good. It's all good to go. And as he builds up this whole, you know, sort of a messianic like they think he's perfect, right? Everyone around him, his his fellow band members. Fulfilling that messianic facade itself is a bigger burden yeah, than yeah. being bare. Yeah. you would rather be bare and improve upon yeah. said rawness the raw potential yeah i think yeah that's what happens no when when you become it's like lewis hamilton now he has like it's what they say right that when lewis hamilton gets in a car for him it's not like i have to come second it's like either i win or I, either i'm first or i've lost yeah right it's same with griffith it's like yeah you know like I don't have a choice. I either get my kingdom. Absolutely. Again, the whole premise of uh, Berserk yeah. is Griffith wants his kingdom, and Guts wants. What does Guts want? I don't think it's explained till much into the that's, show. That's right? the that's the whole thing, right? Uh, uh, it's he sees Griffith having such a concrete dream, and it's all the men, men and women, men and women around him. Uh, Working woman, towards that, men and women <laughs> <laughs> around him, uh, and, and until that point, for the most part, Guts is a man who's like lived without any specific motivation. Correct. There's no life philosophy; it's just survive. It's just survival. He it's was pretty, a, he was surviving till then, not yeah. living. It's pretty animalistic in that sense that you know I gotta shit piss eat live clank clank sword kill a bunch of people next get money next. it's it's survival whereas yeah he has the literal sand castle in the air so he has a life philosophy he's working around and the rift between them is caused by guts's realization that he lacks a life philosophy whatsoever right it's like dude i don't i don't fight for anything he like the iconic bonfire of dreams the i'm sure you know the monologue he tells kaska that uh, me killing 100 men is meaningless compared to operating with a specific goal yep this is when they when they both shirtless this is uh... no this is before they get together no no this, this is when this is when she uh, he rescues her from the fever dream yeah. right yeah so they no, both no. they both uh, naked and shirtless this is that no, point of time right no no this is um this is wait they meet that uh Corbovich general guy and the 100 man slayer man 
it's after that yeah, yeah. It's so the battle of dolri correct so guts does the hunt kills those 100 men yeah and and then what? the band of the hawk comes and like rescues him but he's just leaning up against the tree correct correct he's, he's against the tree and they like oh guts are you dead are you dead correct correct yeah yeah and uh, this is the aftermath where he's just chilling on the on like a sort of hillock and yeah. you can see the campfire they're having yeah. a for like a you know, bonfire party types and there's a lot of symbolism there that each of those bonfires uh is just one small one dream hmm. yeah one small spark in the flame that is griffith so everyone is united by griffith's dream yeah yeah i think the 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 illustrations even more beautiful uh not anime manga yeah there it is yeah this is the one and i mean there is one splash page shot with uh yeah i think uh, you can choose the uh the one you see to your left the aminoapps.com or whatever i think it's called campfire of dreams or is it called bonfire bonfire, bonfire of dreams yeah yeah the second image is a good representation i'd say i don't see the panel hey hey you can see the one with uh, shirke and Uh, Farnes. Farnes. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one, and it yeah. shows Guts's belt back as well. So, Guts is like I think the epitome of what every man wishes he could be, but we know we can't be because that level of self-discipline. I think this there's a scene, right? Guts hand cut, where you truly see how much it's bad. I mean, I don't think I should show all these things; they're all spoilers. <laughs> uh, I, I think you're talking about that. Uh... There's really a scene where he's sitting. Yeah, he's just looking out the window with his hand like yeah, yeah, in a stump. Yeah. Or you like you know that you know you can never fix. In, they're in the ship at that point of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I mean that really, really goes to show. I mean, uh, let me see if I have an episode of. Uh, And I mean, the sheer detail in that panel—it's just him contemplating. It's just very poignant. In this world, world. is the. Sadhuru. なんだかの超越的なディッツ。あいつでイングリッシュワンズグッドマン。You この世界には人の運命を司る何らかの超越的な律神の手が存在するのだろうか少なくとも人は自ら this came out can you imagine i mean yeah. We've still not got a berserk anime that lives up to the '97 one. I mean, yeah, but but that intro is—it's pretty much the theme of berserk. It is. Yeah. This world is the destiny of mankind, controlled by some transcendental entity, but or by man. <laughs> yeah. And what do you what do you think? Are we are we living in a destiny that's pre-written, or are we uh, changing huh. our destiny oh, with every is, word that we are writing into our book? This is an incredibly complex question. 
So is the uh, is the Hobbit already written, or are we writing the Hobbit with every step we take? Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> also, so again, uh, I think like, and you know, we can get into Plotinus's map of the cosmos and whatnot. If you you can even show it, but and you know, Plato's realm of forms, right? Ideas exist in on themselves. It's not like tomorrow if you decide I don't want any cups in the world. and you destroy all cups like drinking cups right that doesn't mean cups don't exist right cuz the concept of a cup itself exists in the, the the realm of forms let's say so i think there are those fundamental ideas flown from like let's say a higher dimension into our you know, our, our mundane three dimensional existence but there there does seem to be like a feedback loop in that sense right we fashion it and give it tangible shape and there on that's reflected in that higher realm so what was your question again i guess i've got my question is um is if our life was a book is the book pre-written and are we we're just reading yeah. the chapters or are we writing each word into the book based right. on what we do i i i'm inclined to say the latter i'm not saying extraneous forces are not there changing things but i think the fundamental beauty of human existence and i think that's the overarching message of any religion or philosophy is, is free will the logos uh we do have control over that and that's only if we definitely act against the flow of the river there is a flow make no mistake but you got to swim upstream Hmm. And at some point of time, you've just got to let go and let the flow take you. At some time. Yeah, I mean, that's when you're you're dead. <laughs> After that, it doesn't matter. Hmm. That's a really nice way of looking at it. I mean, again, coming back to Berserk, I would say Griffith was always in the flow, right? Like he always knew that causality is going to get him his empire. Guts knew that there's nothing except for him swinging the sword that's going to make him yeah. live till the next day. Yeah, and it's arguably because. both these men didn't know anything any di- different but somehow that that's in- intrinsically their life philosophy uh but no that's the thing until the point of the big twist no spoilers uh griffith is actively doing things to attain a dream the big twist uh, is nothing more than a, a free ticket to his dream and it's that point he concedes himself to a causality or fate ah so you're I literally think, saying that till then griffith was trying to fight it but then he yeah. realized i no need for me to fight it anymore yeah cuz see whenever you make the easier choice you're conceding yourself to fate and the easier choice was the choice he took ah okay okay now i get what you're saying so you're yeah. saying that in any situation we have an easy way out which we know it yeah that's when you are going with the flow yeah least resistance path of least resistance path of path of least resistance versus yeah. a path where you where you know you're going to feel 10x resistance but you know where it's going to take you is going to be something determined by yourself yeah yeah it's like getting a it's like finishing college getting a job versus finishing college and doing something of your own yeah for a while fair enough now let me use this to kind of connect to i'm i'm going to ask you two questions you can choose to build it answer whichever one first 
I want you to first. Uh, I want us to first have a discussion wherein we talk about the stark, the dissimilarities between the way manga artists like Kentaro Miura approach their art. Mm-hmm. There, like how a manga guy, manga writer creates his manga, versus an American studio wherein you have a bunch of people come together and work on a concept of a superhero. If a panel designer, you have a colorist, you have a typist. Yeah. So, uh, in the sense, I'm not again. I'm not talking about the process. I'm not talking about the process because even Kentaro Miura has an as animator team. as a team who animates for him. At least the back panels and stuff. I mean, sketches yeah. out the back. Only panels. now. Only now. Only and now. He's notoriously uh, possessive about Berserk, so he lets his his students, so to speak, do only like some sundry backgrounds. The characters themselves, no hell no. It's, it's all him. Exactly. Yeah. So this is where I wanted to ask you a question with regards to. it's a two fold question how is it that uh, um american or american comic book artists approach their craft versus japanese comic book artists and how is it that these two are so dissimilar in the sense let me let's i'll ask you these questions in in three steps so the first question is what is the the core differences according to you now again the only reason i'm asking achintya this question guys for all of you who've joined achintya is an avid literary connoisseur now when i say an avid literary connoisseur if you ask achintya to introduce himself to an audience versus me to introduce myself to an audience i'd be like hey ladies and gentlemen good evening welcome to uh design web i'm anwar pramanik your host for the evening i'm here to serenade you you hear me speech speak you're like oh 12th pass hai you you hear achintya speak you're like oh fuck sashi tharur right <laughs> 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 right so uh achintya if you could just show us some comics you might be having within arms reach right now oh well since we were inevitably going to get into this uh, a, that's the a, omnibus i want to read for a while it's a deluxe edition it doesn't have any it has like three chapters man as i mean three volumes as you would in a regular small where does five where does five come to five is like the end of, it's like the bang in the middle of the eclipse and a little bit of conviction Oh okay 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 okay. Yeah. It's that phase. So and and do you have maybe have some uh, DC anything from the DC? Yeah, sure. Um what do you have in mind my friend? Do you have any do you have Kingdom Come? Yeah, sure. Give me a sec. Oh. Okay, here you go. So if you could just uh, before we jump into this question if you could just show people how the panels of Kingdom Come are and the panel of Berserk are. Yeah. I mean yes of of course color and black and white but like I I want to talk about the whole philosophy of comic books and the philosophy of manga that's what I want to have a discussion on well I don't know how well you can see it but uh, I mean Alex Ross is not your typical western artist uh, for that I would say he's a little more he has he works in more gouache watercolor more hyper realistic faces uh let me show you the prime example of something that's superheroy uh I would say this is a pretty good example. Uh, JLA uh, by Grant Morrison, '90s, very '90s art. Grant Morrison, as in our eighteen days, Grant Morrison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, okay. So, he, of course, he's his is the most iconic JL run ever. I mean, it's not to say that they don't have uh, you know heroic, poignant pieces or something, but it's got that '90s jagged edges, uh, cartoony look. comparatively cartoony look compared to say an alex ross and uh, berserk hmm. 
this is... If you could just uh, zoom in on a panel from JLA, we couldn't really see. Oh, yeah. Oops. Um, panel, panel. It's best to see it IRL, but um, give me a sec. It could be a good panel to show you. Anyway, these are a bunch of uh, Justice League light clones, but you can see the... Whoa! You know, and by the way, that's the Superman when he had a weird electric blue suit. So, if you know what I mean, this art style. Ah, yeah, yeah. something like a Kingdom Come, which is more archetypal. It's a little more uh, traditionally mythological. In the who's way the Who's the old man? He's the Oops. he's that Norman McKay, right? Who's the protagonist of the comic? You're seeing it through his eyes, and he's. Uh, his design is based on Alex Ross's dad. So that's all. Who is Norman McKay supposed to be? Like, uh, isn't it, isn't that his name? Look, I might be. Uh, it's been a while. So yeah, it's Norman McKay only. Yeah. 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 So, like, is he like a superhero or something like that? No, no, absolutely not. He's he's just meant for this specific comic as like the reader's eye. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Now, if you want to show us maybe some berserk. I think if you show five, we will get a lot of uh, eclipse. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe you want to show something from two. Yeah. So yeah, I'm just trying to look for a, a panel <laughs> that's like appropriate. <laughs> yeah, so this is from post eclipse conviction arc. This is that girl who is about to get raped by in front of the carriage, right? By those three guys. Yeah, Jill. Yeah, and Jill. She factors into that whole. Elf apostle, and uh, oh, this is the the elf girl's friend. Yeah, yeah. Ah, okay. Now, for people who have not read Berserk, uh, Berserk is a very. I mean, if you watch Game of Thrones, you've seen right, like how people die, how people are raped, how people are killed, oh, how kingdoms are destroyed. It's because how it was back then, and Berserk is pretty much like that. I mean, in yeah. the sense, not that it promotes it, but it does not demonize it either not it does not glorify nor does it demonize it's it is simple as it doesn't shy away from it doesn't shy away from it it's it like is what it is humans are a violent species and that's it humans are a violent species and yeah. we are a result of violence i mean yeah no, no, the conditions that result in peace are forged by violence by violence yep absolutely the greatest the greatest era of peace comes after the greatest era of violence yeah. so anyways now Coming back, bringing the conversation back. Uh, you don't have a hard stop, do you? No, no, not at all. Okay. But coming back to the conversation, I would like us to talk a little bit about the differences between the philosophy, the art, and the approach of building a Western comic versus building a manga. Because you're yeah. you're someone who's very well versed. I would like to hear your thoughts. Yeah, so, so, most mangas are entirely creator-owned. Uh, so. In the sense that, let's take Kentaro Miura of Berserk, for example, he obviously storyboards it, he pens it himself, and he's the artist. Which is why a lot of his, his storytelling is way more visual than you would typically find in a Western comic. Whereas Western comics, especially the big two and, say, uh, Dark Horse and other uh, publishers, they have like a tripartite team, typically, in the sense that there's a writer, there's a penciler, there's a colorist, there is a distinct inker uh, and there's a letterer and obviously the editor and whatnot and all the tangential stuff. So there is, 
I mean, the degree of creator ownership depends on the specific comic and whatnot. But it's but for big IPs like say a DC and a Marvel, there is always going to be a committee that at least agrees to it and changes a bit uh, of things here and there if it goes way too left field or that it endangers the longevity of that IP. So I would say that's the difference. Whereas uh, many of most mangas are entirely creator owned but of course in even the big two and i mean my favorite author grant morrison most of his work has been as creator owned as it could possibly be with these iconic characters so but yeah that would be the fundamental difference i would say got it so it's almost like uh, have you watched the wire yeah yeah Oh man, one of my favorites. Yeah, <laughs> and have you? See, I told you right. Like, even though we don't, we have never discussed the wire before. It just came, and I'm like, maybe you watched it. Uh, yeah, yeah. The watching something like the bio wire versus watching something like the suits, both are great by their oh, their man. own right. But then you have wire, which is driven by one man's vision, which is yeah, what's yeah. his name? Uh, I don't ask me the director and what not. I'll tell you. I watched it long back. The wire is director. Wire creator. I'll tell you. He he got invited. Uh, David Simon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, David Simon, right? He got interviewed. He got interviewed by Obama. In, invited by Obama to the White House because Obama's favorite show is The Wire. Mm. Um, it's quite like that, right? Where you had The Wire five seasons. You could see it's one man's vision. There is no yeah. resolution. It might not be as mainstream and as popular as this as Suits. but you can see it's one man's vision driven yeah. across five seasons and five seasons where multiple layers of the city like first season is the crime second season is the politics police third season is the politics fourth season is school yeah. and fifth is your uh, the print yeah school is especially well done yeah school my, that's my favorite season as yeah. well right like when you yeah. see that the two kids that last kid yeah with that younger brother who becomes you know what and the other kid who gets saved by the police captain i'm like and it's a very very meaty show in the sense that i never binge the wire man it's yeah. impossible you can't binge the wire it's it's impossible and plus the tone of it itself is like dude if you watch that continuously damn you will not be... remember half the things that you watch yeah no and also your brain chemicals will be completely altered by the absolute like it's it's pretty depressing at times So it you is, can't yeah. binge that. You can't, yeah. It's like unlike this, unlike suits, where yeah, you can lawyers and slick suits and pretty girls. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the yeah the wire is very poignantly made. It is, yeah. Well, beyond a point, it's just uh, Netflix. Uh, here, here's your uh, propaganda for the day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, rather. Uh, Here's your predictive programming for the day. Here's your predictive program. Here's some. Uh, here's some uh, pre-programmed neuroplasticity from yeah. our end. <laughs> I totally get it. Uh, so yeah, I think I see it like that. I see when a, a manga artist is creating something, it's like wire. Wherein, yes, of course, wire is HBO, and HBO has really uh, yeah. is really. Oh, denying it's mainstream. Yeah, now it's mainstream, of course. Yeah, yeah. But Wire was the first show, show. Sopranos and Wire, first two show shows yeah. that came out. Sopranos, Wire, and uh, Mad Men, three show shows that came out. Mm-hmm. 
so i see it like that i see manga as like madman you know, uh, sorry vio where it's like one person's grand vision and very meaty like berserk you can't binge that shit dude you will yeah, yeah you will really go wild after a while you know you can't binge berserk but if you want maybe like if you are if it's a tv show like naruto or like uh code gas or sailor moon you can binge the shit out of it right so, yeah but all the same that's what i find more flexible and malleable with reading versus watching because i can pace it and therefore i can pace whether i'm binging it how fast i'm reading how slow i'm observing something whereas a show is pretty finite yeah it has its own pacing it's 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 your 20 to 50 minute or one hour show and yeah the pacing is pre decided for you and in that sense you also focus on uh, not that it's bad i love show scores movie scores and what not i'm not i'm not denouncing it but i'm saying devoid of um, a proactive atmosphere being set for you you have more emotional resonance because although let's say the layers are stripped bare when it's just visuals and dialogue correct static so therefore you'd also fill in the blanks for yourself yeah between mm. panels you know yeah you get to visual yeah you i think i think i get what you're saying when you are uh, watching something you are fed 90% of it and you have 10% yeah. left to imagination whereas reading you have fed 20% of it and 80% yeah. is like how is swinging what is yeah. his movement yeah. like what is his voice is he like when he swings does he shout or does he just grunt you know yeah, things like exactly. that like when you're watching a tv show it's given to you he shouts yeah. he screams and he's like the 250 fucking pound dragon slayer cutting <laughs> through people versus when you're reading it you're like is the dragon slayer cutting people up or is it so heavy that the force of it is like tearing them yeah, apart yeah you know what i mean right like a, a sword cuts through people and creates two halves yeah. that dragon thing is so big like you drive it at guts speed and anything will get destroyed so yeah exactly it's, it's left to the, our imagination pure strength of the man it isn't the object the object itself isn't the most efficient thing to be carrying around correct it's the strength yeah. it's Yeah, and it's called like I think for people who don't know, dragon slayers are misnomer. It's not slayed any dragons. <laughs> it's just called that because it is a failed like a prototype weapon. Poor prototype yeah, like, dragon yeah, slayer. Yeah, yeah. And even if you if you realize like how they show why Guts likes carrying a big sword, it's like since yeah. he was young, he's always yeah. used a bigger sword bigger to defend sword himself. That's also that 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 childhood thing with Gambino selling him off and stuff. It's too much yeah, spoilers yeah, but, to give yeah. away. Yeah, <laughs> all of those things really played. Like you remember, right? Since then, he doesn't like being touched, and he doesn't keep his sword yeah. away from him till Griffith touches him, and till Casca touches him. And yeah. right? even then, he's like, "Don't fucking touch me, man! I'll kill you." <laughs> you see that, right? So, like, I think it's great. I, I love, I love how far our discussions come. Um, I think we have another thirty minutes of buffer. So you let's use the 30 minutes to uh, I mean we can obviously take more time but 30 minutes because it's going to be lights lights will start going down um, uh-huh. and it's been yeah, yeah. two and a half hours since we've been at it so I Yeah man yeah okay it didn't even feel like that right that's the best yeah, part yeah. so I want to end this podcast by discussing um two or three topics I want to first talk about our love for music our love for mm-hmm. metal and how our love for metal has soon evolved into love for music as a whole or love for deep anything that's constructed well yeah. right and then i want to then i want to use that to slightly talk about what our plans are for the next one year what we want to mm-hmm. do what are some visions we have what are some things we are working towards what are some uh, goals that we have been like 
the whole podcast started with what we've been doing last one year now i'm going to use what happened in the last one year to go into what will happen for the next one year so <clears throat> starting with music uh, just a little bit of a premise or like a preface for everyone who's jumped in chintu and i are both uh connected like chintu brought up right since to 2011 to 2015 right when you stopped doing the art yeah and that's when you were pursuing writing for metal i think you were writing for metal vani and i was writing for metal base india if i'm not right yeah I'm and eventually sure. i came over to metal base as well <laughs> yeah, yeah so that's so basically what achintya and i used to do is we're big metal heads um when i say big metal heads not like we have long hair and we go ah, satan but um the appreciation for the genre the the way the genre has evolved the people behind it the lifestyle and how i mean when we didn't have anything else we had metal that's what it was yeah. metal and metal food and weed three things we had i'm pretty i don't know about you and weed but at least for me it used to be like that metal food and weed i don't want to speak for you but um that's at one point of time so it's surprising we didn't talk about psychedelics in today's subject there's so much left for us to talk about yeah, dude yeah. i mean we definitely need a second <laughs> podcast <laughs> aliens i think the next podcast that we will do we will talk about things we don't know too much about so we can like ramble more like yeah yeah this one we were talking about things we know about so yeah. again um for the audiences like uh, achintya is more of a achintya's approached metal from a more songwriting and um, a cultural standpoint point of view for me it was more of guitar riffs and uh, i mean it's always that first <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's But, always uh, that you evolved into more into the yeah. the lyrics and the songwriting and caratonia yeah. and it doesn't matter if it gets mellow as long as there's a me- like metal isn't the distortion and the growling after a while it's the thought process of how you write it yeah. right that is also metal so uh, i don't want to ask any questions here i want us to just have a discussion Uh, I did a podcast about this recently so I'm not going to talk about this in depth but mm-hmm. for me as an individual I think you remember no when you and me went for Bangalore open air we were both on me achintya achintya's brother and two other guys we had gone for this uh, gig called uh, allcest and uh, what is the other death metal band emulation man emulation allcest and there's uh, no except overkill 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 not except overkill so we had gone for that one uh, i didn't know either of the three brands i just started listening to allcest two days back uh, but i went nonetheless so i still remember uh, it was me achintya achintya's brother and two other guys and i wanted to do acid at this gig <laughs> <laughs> so i still remember i'm wearing a pink color t-shirt little this is me okay i am uh, again more premise i think there needs to be more context as to this so chintu and i are like hardcore metal heads uh, let me see if i can find that facebook photo of us post cannibal corps i i think it's on instagram man oh yeah 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 i'll have to scroll to really really down to my profile <laughs> i don't think you, I, we we I don't think you were even on Instagram at that point. I wasn't on Instagram. That's why yeah, I so hated I, social media. I couldn't tag you and stuff. <laughs> I remember this. I hated social media, and now I'm like a social media whore. <laughs> Who's this dude? Is that uh, Manhattan? Bob. Who you? So guys, this is Achintya's Instagram account. I want you all to like give him a follow. He is very actively doing Inktober right now, and as you can see, these are all his art pieces. his manga and his comics and uh, henry cavill that's henry cavill right yep yep 
Henry Cavill and uh, is that grandmom? Yeah, as a young woman. Grandmom as a young woman. Bro, old school Indian women look so pretty, you know. Mhm. Graceful. Very graceful. Is that Lemmy? Ace of Spades? Yep. Uh so that's your superheroes. You'll have to scroll a bunch down, man. <laughs> oh, Aris. I I'm scrolling down slowly so that people see your the Rothschild <laughs> ஒன்ஸ்ட்ரீட்ஸ்ட்ரீட்ஸ்ட்ரீட்ஸ்ட்ரீட்ஸ்ட்ரீட்ஸ்ட்ரீட்ஸ்ட்ரீட்ஸ
I think Achintya, you'll remember, right? That it was a big thing, like that whole cult movement with those, you know, those uh, what are those two me- the metal shop they had, no? What are that Mahatobar? Ah, I mean, cult doesn't do anyway. There's a whole bunch of nuance to this. Yeah. And so basically, what I'm trying to what I'm trying to say, guys, is that that metal started off something for the people, by the people, stand up for the people against the oppressive society, against the society that oppresses. Yeah. And then you realize that, you know, the biggest metal bands today are ones who at some point of time sold out and said, you know what, we'll just make the money. We'll just do the gigs. We'll play the same songs that you want us to just pay us the paychecks, make sure our kids go to college. All metal bands, either they sell out or they remain metal, like, like the Griffith and Guts thing we were talking about, right? Like Guts remained true to his guts, never sold out. And he said, fuck Mm -hmm. it. I don't care if nobody knows me. I don't care if I'm alone. I'll be by myself. Griffith is like, no, I'll play the game. I'll court the king's daughter. I'll become a knight. I'll become part of the governance. I'll become a, a, a part of the uh, the nobles. Same with your metalheads, right? Your Slipknot. Like yeah. first two albums of Slipknot. I like you know there is this uh, there was this comment that I saw recently which literally made me like like first time I laughed out so loud. You know like orange juice spilling out of my nose and shit. So I'm reading it and it's like Slipknot. Uh, Slipknot's Corey Taylor live with Steel Panther. You know Steel Panther, right? Yeah, yeah. Is that parody band that plays 80s songs and yeah, yeah, yeah. sexist. So it's Corey Taylor live with them. And there's a first comment that said, if Iowa Corey read this, he would rip this guy's head out. Yeah, but again, uh, maybe I want to take this in a completely different direction in the sense that none of the, Go for it. the pop culture uh, shenanigans of uh, heavy metal have ever interested me. For me, what has ever always drawn me to the music apart from the music itself being sonically intricate and having many layers and being on the surface abrasive, but there's a lot of layers and subtext to it. I mean, there is lots of dumb, tough guy, caveman metal. <laughs> Man of War. No doubt. Yeah, yeah. But there is, of course, there's a whole swath of many subgenres. I think, yeah. So point being, what draws me to it is that I'm an anthropology buff. I love physical Likewise. anthropology. I like population genetics, all that. Likewise. Uh, metal is the kind of genre where you can get really anthropological about it. What led to what? Which creative movement inspired which creative movement? What are the theological, religious, philosophical things that influence, say, the imagery and themes of a band or even their literal real life existences? Um, like for a very classic one is that the birth of thrash metal. It's a very simple one. I'm sure most everyone knows what thrash metal is, like Metallica, Slayer, Megadeth, pretty big bands by any measure. What led to thrash metal is that classic heavy metal that preceded it, like your Iron Maiden and Judas Priest, the new wave of British heavy metal, combined with the, the sensibilities of a punk. So you have the expansive songwriting sensibilities of heavy metal mixed with the abrasiveness of punk. So it's one plus two equals three being thrash metal. It's the fact that you can anthropologically deconstruct the music yep. and trace back, you know, where it comes from, where the yep. elements, and that's music in general, but it's, it's a little more like, I think it's a little more heightened and heavy in metal. In metal. Yeah. Very nuanced yeah. in metal. Yeah. So that all, so I'm a nerd that way. I love like, you know, exploring the hate. Then you fucking definitely have to listen to episode 24. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Dive into in the, the encyclopedia metal. So that's the aspect of the music that's attracted me the most, apart from music itself. And obviously that's not to say I listen only metal, but so, I would that ends up being my meat and potatoes forever. It has to be. I mean, so if you had to, uh, if you had to 
like I'll tell you some new metal that I'm listening to now, right? Yeah. Um, I'm actually just like I think we were having this discussion before starting off the podcast where I told you I listen to like a bunch of albums for a long period of time. Like for a year, I will listen to maybe only ten albums, yeah. right? And I will not. Uh, listen to anything new at that point of time because there's so much old shit that we haven't heard yet right yeah 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 like i just finished listening to meshuga's 2012 album properly recently mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and now i'm going to move on to the next one which is that what is the next one uh, the one with clockwork and stuff like that so i'm going to move to that now which uh, was released 3 years back right now mm-hmm. i don't think i'm still ready to listen to opets New three records, so I'm actually going to go back and listen to Opeth's second, third record, which is Morning Rise, the black metal record, because I, yeah. I want to listen to that. I'm listening to that right now. Another thing that I'm listening to is Gojira's Heaviest Matter for the Universe album. Right, right. So for me, the reason I'm not listening to any new metal is because the moment I go and I fucking listen to any new metal, it all sounds like something I've heard before. The only I, yeah, you'd rather listen to something to that I haven't heard of a band I know. Yeah, or the to put it differently, you'd rather listen to the people who set and forge the archetype of what people are aping now. Exactly. You got that spot on. Than, yeah, you got that spot on. Oh, lesser shadow of that. Sort Bingo! Of thing. You got that fucking spot on. I think the only new metal band that that I'm listening to right now is Tribulation. The Tribulation is a very unique band. Yeah. There's there's not to be written off. Exactly, and um, they went all, and I like. They became they a little cathedral in between, but yeah, yeah, yeah. no, but uh, I thought all that was very interesting. In the sense that they derived, uh, I think the third album. Fuck, I don't remember the name now. Recently, uh, the black. Uh, uh, I'll tell you it. So either way, the thing is, they managed to. They were a techie death metal, esoteric kind of techie death metal band, and uh, with lots of progressive sensibilities. Down below, yeah. There's a ton of gothic rock in that stuff. Yeah. I just absolutely love that, and because, good God, uh, the fact that they managed to infuse that is something very few people do well. Yeah. It turns out to be pretentious. It turns out to be some emo crap. It becomes Or, like Ghost. Ghost BC. Yeah, yeah, Ghost. I mean, even Ghost was doing it well in the beginning. That It, opus and eponymous album. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sure, they've always been goofy imagery-wise in the sense that they look like merciful fate trying to sing "Blue Eyes" the cult. But yeah, uh, but, she's uh, yeah, as beautiful that... as a foot. Oh, that's "Blue Eyes" the cult. She's as beautiful. I'm sorry to interrupt you, bro. Like music, you know how much we love, both love music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. But it's uh, very few bands do that, like derive from that old gothic stuff like Bauhaus and uh, Sisters of Mercy and the Fields of Nephilim. These bands. Like we all know the term gothic, I mean, we think of gothic rock or. Uh, I think Marlon Manson. Yeah, most people think Marlon Manson or Evanescence or some crap. Evanescence, yeah, yeah. Evanescence. That's what we think of. We think of yeah. Evanescence. But what these guys managed to do is derive proper actual gothic rock. Yeah. Infuse it into their metal, and it it makes for a really. There are these tracks that sound heavy and dreamy at the same time. Yeah. So yeah. There's another another artist. I'm not sure if you've heard of them. It's known as Die Catafalk. Die Catafalk. No, I can't say I have. It's just way too much to keep up with, and I unfortunately keep going back to the classics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Die Catafalk is basically um, one guy who uh, does everything, and he was part of okay, a metal band. 
really famous metal man. Oh, uh, and which band would that be? Cat of Fuck. Wait, I'll share my screen. This is the artist. Huh. Okay. And um. Uh, okay, but. Uh, and this is one of my favorite songs uh, from the album. Okay. Play like two minutes, one minute of it. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Tell me if it's too loud. Okay. then the vocals will start this okay are these guys hungarian yeah you're bolting Insane, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. And this is how the album starts. Ready? Mm-hmm. Let me share this with you. This album with you. We go through it today. It's a brilliant album. Like I really like this album. Like. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I've been listening, wanting to listen to new new music, man. Just too lazy to explore anymore. <laughs> yeah, I can totally understand. <laughs> it's like you know that mayhem soft parts. Mm-hmm. You should check out this uh, this uh, band called Wet Buens Ende. V e d b u e n s. B u e n s. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, oh, I know I'm going to like it already. Yeah, it's a very very like unorthodox album. Just look at the drums there. Weird, weird. It's got a typo negative kind of uh, feeling. This I would say you listen to on your earphones. Today this is the playlist that yeah, I'm going to yeah, listen. Yeah, for sure. Dude, I was like I think Okay, now now we come back to the conversation of of the metal and wow. me on acid at that emulation <laughs> and all such gig. I still remember the gig. I'm wearing a pink T-shirt, a fucking pink T-shirt. This is a guy who had a nose piercing before that. Mohawk, cannibal corpse, rip black, fucking Satan worshiping guy. So I'm wearing this pink T-shirt. You remember this, right? Tripping yep. balls in the middle. We're in the middle of a mosh pit. Okay, and if if this was five years ago. and if there was a guy wearing a pink t-shirt in the middle of a mosh pit he would be like taken down yeah people yeah, would big concerts yeah yeah people would take that one guy down so i'm standing in the middle of the pit right tripping like my it's peaking right now 
and i think emulations just come on stage or alcest is going on something's going on right no no emulation yeah emulation right so and they're fucking like we are head banging okay both of us and i'm like shouting at the guys around me you fucking metal head come march with me da come push me da i'm wearing pink <laughs> push me da i'm wearing pink yeah yeah i remember that shit. remember that right not one individual that day had the guts to fucking come and march with us right remember you see how march pitch today are right? one guy will push one guy will push and it will stop Yeah, and 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 there's this uh, air of awkwardness about it. Before we used to be a little more just bestial, and yeah, I think a concert needs uh, everyone at sufficient alcohol levels. Yeah, uh, and <laughs> people to keep their phones away. That's the yeah, most important good Lord, thing. Yeah, good lot. Yeah, I mean, uh, like, good God, stop shooting. You've seen this Gojira gig, no? In Poland, I think that was recently. Not one phone out. Look oh yeah. Crowd. Okay, I thought you were going to show me all phones. Though. That's a nice one. Not one phone out in this gig. Okay, there are a few phones out, obviously. This is how gigs were before, right? You see, even the comments say all that. You know, look at the crowd. Best metal crowd. No phone. See. Yeah, I mean phone. the quality is good of the audio. I just saw. Yeah. Oof. Look at that crowd. That's how you need the crowd to be, right? Like, look at that. Not one phone out. Yeah, I mean I'm guilty of recording as well, but only like a song at max, like one minute. that crowd dude there's a chick crowd surfing you see that poland rock festival yeah. poland rock festival yeah and you compare this to their gig in red rocks everyone's got their phone out What do you think it's going to take for metal to come back to India like how it used to be back in the days? Back in the day, dude, let's take one step at a time. First you have to stand up to the draconian laws of this corona nonsense. Then after that, uh, let's take one thing at a time. <laughs> I think uh, metal coming back or being popular and what not are all castles in the sky. Uh, so you speak. think that generations left the city, those metal heads doesn't matter you you have to be in a way committed to it hmm. when when it comes down to it and i'm not sure you and me can even you and me can accurately say hey we're totally committed to this we're not yeah we'll miss half the gigs yeah i mean and see for me it's about being selective i like bad some bands and i want to to actively <laughs> that's the reason why we'll miss half yeah, the gigs yeah, yeah, yeah. so uh, No, I mean, and it's also that whether you call it a sad thing or not, it's that uh, that teenage enthusiasm for anything and everything associated with that specific thing is gone. Now the uh, thing has fallen through, the husks has fallen through, and you just have the. I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying. You're basically yeah. like that that 
that basically the honeymoon period is over now yeah yeah the honeymoon period is long over after <laughs> sexism has been undergone and ultimately what is the result of that is some things are eternal and some things aren't and yeah. that's in everything i think that's what we've realized no some metal is eternal like yeah. opeth metallica iron maiden judas priest yeah. death untouchable bands black sabbath cream bunch of them to name but uh, yeah I mean, you're the one wearing like, a Gorgets T-shirt. I'm wearing a Kimmy T-shirt. So. <laughs> yeah, but it's so, like it's, it's those days where there'd be some random, random pub geek happening, and just for being a metal completist, you'd go attend it. Yeah, those days are gone. And I mean, is this, this, this predates the whole pandemic and no geeks thingy. So. And I don't think it's ever going to come back. I don't think that that crowd also remains anymore. I mean, remember even Polyphia. when polyphia came to bangalore also i think they were the last metal band to come in the city polyphia polyphia i can't yeah. say a word of them it's that pop metal band polyphia oh you haven't heard polyphia wait i'm going to play i'm going to give you this it's a great band okay in the sense that if you're a metal head if you're a if you're very specific with your metal choices you will not like them yeah yeah but if you like i can't uh, say a word of them man i just yeah if you them. if you like uh, oh dude have you seen this lady <laughs> so if you like uh uh experimental bands you will fucking love what polyphia does okay okay but if you don't like experimental bands and you like your metal in a certain way you will not like polyphia very poppy like like making edm fans like metal that's the genre they are but super fucking talented like these are shredders okay 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 they akin to that plini yeah very well plini started this okay plini and david max's music started this genre okay. but polyphia kind of created this very unique pop sound like you can show this to your girlfriend if she's not a metal head you know what i mean right yeah yeah and that yeah. was the crowd that was I there at the gig that this. i i think i have seen this music video seems to me like it's nh7 weekend of friendly basically if i have to put it <laughs> the only metal that that's allowed in india now is the one that's nh7 weekend of friendly like opeth had to fucking come to nh7 weekend of macha for us to see it you saw why in nh7 right that's yeah, the same yeah. opeth gig no i have not seen opeth live but didn't they come for the same nh7 oh no that's not they played in 2012 here the only enoda uh, they played on recently also oh yeah, yeah i know but uh, Anyway, Opeth hasn't ever held my attention the way it's held yours. So, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Opeth is something else for me. So now, I think I wanna, I want us to like kind of take this podcast towards the hopefulness of what the next episode between the both of us will bring. Mm-hmm. I think, I think I can make this con. We can do this for another two hours. Yeah, yeah. But. Go on. uh but the only reason i want to i want to cut it short for two reasons one is um i don't want us to get so fried in this first conversation that we're like next time we'll be like dude i don't want it to be so long so the next time also i want it to be like two and a half hours long we come and fucking jam and close it for sure and the second thing is i want you to now 
uh, I want you, I want us to end this podcast with you sharing a little bit with your, I'm going to ask you two questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can choose to answer either one of them. You can choose to answer both of them. You can choose to answer them together. What is your vision for the next one year? What is your vision for humanity? And what are you doing for the next one year to fit into that? Okay. You can take your time to answer this. You can choose not to answer this or you can choose to answer it. It's completely up to you. I think we are at a juncture in humanity as the events that have led us up to here, wherein we are acquiescing a lot of our uh, liberty as people, our free agency as human beings. Uh, We are being dictated by the shadow bureaucratic boards, technocrats, and obviously their, their ground level government pawns as to what to do, what to eat, uh, and I mean... Who to love. Yeah, it's, it's more subtle in the West, it's more blatant over here, as in, depending on, like, you know, how crudely it is put across and how crudely it is imposed, it's, it's, it's a different degrees, but same thing, it's leading to the same place. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I'm just going to say it, call me crazy, I don't care. Uh, not you, I'm talking about the proverbial listener. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, this, 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 this so-called new normal is just the euphemism for new world order. So and that is not an order we should accept. So what, my vision for the world right now is just very simple. We take back that free agency and liberty as people by a collective non-compliance. It's going to be hard, especially in a highly compliant culture like ours, where we have utmost faith and authority and uh, their supposed, you know, expertise and something, and suppose they're supposedly looking out for us. It's obviously not the case. That's one thing. But for myself, it's very simple. Um, I'm a I'm I'm a tangible being. I I I think I've philosophized enough in my life. I mean, it's not like I stop now. Become a total practical dude or something. But uh, it's very simple. Become stronger. Uh, Strategically make more money. Become stronger as in like... Yeah, physically literally become stronger. Uh, hopefully try to go down to about uh, 12% body fat, even though that's a pipe dream for many years. But that'll always be on my to-do list. Uh, but of course, I get into the whole joy of powerlifting and that somehow gets lost. But yes, I do want to be ripped. So let's see. I the One of the things that the lockdown really uh, changed in me was before I was just plain old barbell. No cardio, nothing. But the lockdown forced me to use my own body weight. And therefore Calisthenics. Yeah. So, exactly. So, perhaps improve in that. I keep aside two days. Like, like after this, I'm going to go do a garden workout. Not go to the gym. Do a bunch of push-ups, burpees, this, that. So, that's what I want to... I want to become more vital like that. And... Um, in terms of lofty aspirations, it all depends on the course of the world. But it's to set again. This is a little broad. It's not specific. Take your time, dude. This is your space. Yeah. There's no this one is, who can yeah. Yeah, but yeah. you who has an answer here. Yeah, it's to settle down in a like this. This is pra- tangible in the sense it's immigration, but it's also aspirational in the sense that you want to settle down in a culture that appreciates excellence of your, which matches with your sensibilities. So that's something I need to mull about. Okay. Until then, I, I, I'm not going to say life's bad here, life's great. And yeah, that's about it. It's awesome. And what is your <clears throat> forgetting 
um what is something that you want to do for okay i don't know if you if if you are like that but uh, do you have uh, let me ask you a question this way right like i think i've discussed this with you in person before where and i told you my life plan is or at least one of the things that i really want to build for myself is i want to have a core team which includes like someone who's really good at physical fitness and knows the ins and out of it one guy who knows finance one guy who knows digital one guy who knows uh bureaucracy so i want to create that core team i think i've spoken about this in depth and i've told you that someday i see you as a person who will train people and not just from uh, come let's lift rocks but like from a physical manifestation manifesting yeah. your masculinity in front of you and stuff like that so personally i see myself as someone who will have like Arthur and his knights of the round table wherein i take my knights we go around the world and like how you said no we need to wake up humanity from this collective sleep that we are being pushed we're being pushed into a collective horse blinded put horse blinders on us and put us in the stables right that's what's literally happening right now no so if we need to do that i believe the only way we can do it is by building a communities like yeah you need a tribe of men you need a tribe right you took the word out of my mouth and i've always been very clear that i want the best people around me to be part of my tribe to help me lead my tribe and our tribes basically coalesce so when your tribe needs a to understand when your tribe of fitness or your tribe of intellectual thinkers need a way to understand how they can promote themselves or how they can understand human psychology they come to me similarly when my tribe needs yeah. what you are expert in they come to you similarly yeah. if our tribe if both of us need to learn finance then we have someone in our squad who's amazing at finance mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then our tribes go to him we go to him so that is the kind of thing i want to create i want to have the best in my group the best knights of the round obviously i'm not king arthur i don't see myself as a that's why it's the round table right we're all yeah. equal the it's the purpose that we are it's our purpose that's bigger than all of us yeah right so that is the goal and i see you as part of that goal as well yes of course we have not we have not exper- experimented with it very strongly because we you and i are still building our swords you as a sword are being built me as a sword are being built i i wish i want this podcast to be a place where you and i at least maybe once a month we come together we jam and we share whatever it is wherever it is whatever it is we are doing maybe you and i could just sit and watch like we could just read berserk manga together <laughs> right that's all we could do or maybe we could just watch like a short clips of berserk and do a review of it yeah right or maybe we could just do something like uh we do a training session together in your apartment i come over yeah. and i recorded on my gopro and we edit that we break it down in a video together like you tell mm-hmm. anvay this is your form this is what you're doing and similarly when like the only thing that i can probably teach you or i can proudly say i can teach you is i can teach you how to speak better not in terms of your vocabulary but in terms of presentation conversation building context and yeah. stuff like that that's the so, only skill i have talking to people i agree with that because when i get deep deeply analytical about something i become i and i'm completely aware of this hubris i become monotone about it so you know so i become ultra objective and, and in my mind i'm still having like yeah, yeah, yeah but like the external manifestations like you know i need to say it straight <laughs> yeah, yeah. so and I, and i like that point you said um in any given tribe uh, i'm going to say men now all the female women listeners i love you but i'm going to say like in a tribe of men you depend on each others because of your reliance as well as their respective competencies and how they complement each other so now that you bring it up yes having a a core circle a tribe rather than just friends is an important thing and i would say that is one aspirational one but i don't see that uh, what do you say the light at the end of the tunnel to reach out to so to speak mm-hmm. and 
you have a thought but you don't know where it's yeah, going. Yeah, I don't know how to go about like, you know, it's like cold approaching guys. How do you go about that? Yeah. It's more about it's, it's something like that. I get what you're saying. Yeah. You know where that uh, so basically like if you I'm not sure if you've seen this uh there she is. The power of editing after the rescue. <laughs> yeah, you see that? Uh-huh. Hmm. And is this on your story like right now? Yeah, it's uh, it's on my highlights. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So this is what I want to create. Like, I want to have one guy who is my lawyer, or is part of is the lawman in that team. Mm-hmm. One guy who is the accountant. One guy who is the stylist. One guy who is the shaman. One guy who is the trainer, and one guy who is the doctor. Cool, bro. Shaman, you got covered. <laughs> Shaman's covered, yeah. <laughs> Shaman's covered, and I see you as like a trainer guy, right? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. like I don't want someone who will tell me, bro, go lift weights. I want someone who I can have a conversation with about being fit, being active, eating mm-hmm. food, about gut health. Yeah. Like, like I, I want, like I want to tell you, Achintya, dude, I want to fucking like I hate gym. I want you to take take five sports that I play and build a routine around me for it. Mm-hmm. Or it might not be you. It might be your trainer. Yeah, you link yeah. me to your trainer. Yeah, yeah. But you become my go-to for anything with health and fitness. Mm-hmm. Right. So I very strongly yeah. want to build this, and I see you as a part of it, which is why I asked you that question: Where do you see yourself a year from now, and mm-hmm. what is your belief with regards to humanity? And I. very strongly uh, believe that yeah it's a pandemic i see you know what i believe this is i believe that again you know i believe in aliens very strongly i believe aliens are like dude these human beings are not going to listen to us let us take a abrasive step they press enter they launch like this biological weapon here they got all the oh, wait wait ah they got all the world leaders sick all of them got sick no boris modi ari anu aru aru amit shah all of them got sick trump all They're of them the fucking yeah the political binary is anyway a farce exactly no the deep Now, state will always exist yeah so i think yeah, they wanted to like they basically wanted to fucking like like it's like this dude it's like if something's happening in the sky we won't know it because we're all locked up inside yeah like imagine you don't even know if there are like fucking like what if right now i don't know dude what if right now there is like you know you you play the game halo right mm-hmm. so the yeah, halo I mean, is basically that yeah. ring the ring of the halo ring around the earth which is a biological weapon i mean a, not a biological nuclear weapon so imagine if they are building something like that like imagine if they are building like a mind control net mesh something you know you know you don't yeah. you wouldn't even know because we are fucking locked in for like a year wearing a mask like that mask isn't just a, it's not just that mask is not just it's not just a mask anymore macha it's a fucking symbol of a symbol of complex it's nothing more than compliance it doesn't help exactly. you do you ever wear a mask come back home and then sanitize it or put it away in some sanitary dustbin no you don't you, you just put it back shit. in your drawer yeah your so called corona could be crawling on that shit Exactly, it's just a compliance mechanism, dude. Like it's like how you mentioned, you no, know, the new world order has established the new world order right now, and I think new normal, the new normal, and I think our alien masters are really not masters, our alien. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if aliens are benevolent or malevolent. If they're gonna come over and put a new system, like it's like they say, you know, like the Nazis went, the Americans came. I think it's a it. it yeah, we can we can like fantasize about you know there's being a. uh extra verse extraterrestrial intervention and what not but i think it's as simple as a bunch of eugenicist technocrats wanted to control everything correct i think it's it's like that it's 
or it's a mix of both it's a mix of both exactly it's extraterrestrial saying we'll do this and the technocrats are like fuck we are fuck we are fuck what do we do we are what do we do one of them like macha we are the kings of marketers chill we'll make it into a fucking pandemic coronavirus because you see it's only during the first two months that they mind fucked us with who coronavirus pit made the virus shape now they don't talk about that anymore because you know how we've been already mind fucked by it right all i'm saying is you sell them here of people quarantining themselves at home and dying but when they go to the hospitals they die they die. make that as you will and the worst part is if journalists like amitabh bachchan's house had tiger security during their wedding amitabh Bach- uh, aishwarya rai and amishek bachchan's wedding like tiger security means your trump will have that security i don't know it's called tiger or something like that okay but media got a picture through that mm-hmm. you're telling me media couldn't get one picture of one hospital ward with patients so far not even one is there not even one photo of oh, hospital ward with patients no and here's another bit and i mean we can this can be another 3 hour conversation <laughs> uh, <laughs> just google bloody well just leave a bit of a trivia for people uh just google any number and type cases you'll find you'll find an article on any, any number, number as in any number like type some 2345777 corona case you'll find an article most like i've read it a bunch of times I typed six eight four five eight four five seven four seven five. I didn't get that, but I got an article saying coronavirus live update. Yeah, I mean, stick to like normal within the realm of the typical cases. You'll get a co- any combo of two hundred and thirty-seven thousand corona cases. Yeah, you'll most likely find it. India's COVID nineteen tally at nine point zero six lakh with more than two three seven zero zero deaths. See. Just let me keep interchanging that. You'll find it. Let so, me try making it two seven three zero one zero one. Such a complex number is not coming. Yeah, two seven three zero one. But there was a point in time. Maybe the forces that be have removed it. <laughs> uh, back in April, when I was really going going down this conspiracy conspiracy theory hole, I was like, oh man, damn! And then I tried this out, and I was like, dude. So scary. I'm gonna share this uh, one. Uh, um article with you which was by this uh kya bolte hai usko the rothschild foundation released in 20 2001 mm-hmm. basically it's a document that tells you what what would be the next steps for the world power if a a a biological terror weapon came yeah and a lot of the shit that you read this is i read it in august no so that is when your chicago index had fallen chicago mm-hmm. stock market had fallen in august So it had basically spoken about how the stock markets will fall, which countries will fall first, what those countries will do, and exactly how it's. I'll share the document with you. Okay, mm-hmm. exactly how it's written over there. That's exactly how the countries reacted. All the continents reacted. Yeah, the reason I draw Rothschild as a creepy reptilian. <laughs> so, yeah. I think this has been fantastic. Before you go, there's one thing I want to show you. It's just one. Mm-hmm. I've been following this lady like crazy. Look at her left hand technique. Okay. Or the cover, okay? Yeah. Dude, how flamboyant of her! Exactly, right? <laughs> like Nargal looks at this and she's like, "That's my daughter." Look, the chick is more masculine than Nargal. <laughs> Look at her left hand technique. That's our favorite band also very much. Uh-huh. 
What if this chick asked you out, Macha? What would you would you have like a conundrum going on in your mind? How much crazy can I tolerate? <laughs> so yeah, I just want to show you that, and I'm gonna pause. Achintya Venkatesh, thank you so much for being part of the first episode of season two. Thank you so much for how long have we been talking for three hours now? Thank yeah. you so much for three hours of your time. Thank you so much for for being yourself, for say, sharing your story with us. Thank you so much for. I can only thank you for being yourself here, and thank you for not bringing any pretense. Thank you for being yourself. Thank you for being yourself as you want to be. I appreciate it, and I thank you for it. And if you have any closing thoughts for the fans, if you have anything you want to say to them, anything you, if you want to tell them how you felt being in this podcast, I think they would love to hear it. Yeah, sure, man. So this is like we do for us. So uh, the last time we rambled on, made a bunch of uh, you know clunky uh, mistakes. You know, I'd, I'd reach out to myself and all. This time it was a bit more uh, smooth and. Uh, i think because in this context and setting we've gotten used to it but otherwise hey man like going back to the theme of uh, self expression being tied inherently to your definition of freedom it's the same for me so hell yeah this is kickass in summation